Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everybody? Welcome in, my friends. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Day, hanging with you on this Wednesday, February 7, 2024. What's up, everybody? Twiz, Mo, Teresa, Nafiz, James, and Robert. Tone, how you doing, my man? Well, you know, Rob, what do I always say every day, man? Clean, what I always, what I always say, good? man, I feel good. I smell good. I look good. Hey, listen, man, let's have some fun today, you guys. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it, man. A lot to dive into here for sure. Uh, and there's, we got a couple things I want to hit with hit you with early. Okay. All right. So I'm going to throw a phrase at you. See if you know what it means. Nos vemos and brave. Don't know. Nos, neither do I. Nos and brave. Oh, I don't think I know that one. <laughs> How many of you speak Portuguese in the chat? I know I don't. Uh, <laughs> what that means is. See you soon, basically. And that was the message from Jeff Stoutland. And it was in Portuguese, which would lead you to believe if he's coming back and he's sending out a message in Portuguese, and that is the language of Brazil, where the Eagles play their season opener, I think it's safe to say that Jeff Stoutland is back as the Eagles' offensive line coach. I think we can now do detective work. Yeah. Now all we need is for Jason Kelsey to brush up on his, on his Portuguese now. <laughs> That's all we need. Because uh, Chelsea, I mean that—that's the—that's the, the multi-million dollar guy that we need, Jeff Stoblin. That's the linchpin. But How great would that be, by the way? If if Kelsey started uh, the next New Heights podcast speaking Portuguese, I think we'd know that you know he'd be back. Be a good way to do it, Tell though. Me. He's coming back. I can feel it. He's coming yeah. back, you guys. Yeah, I think you're right. I can feel it. It I doesn't feel right. like that off season. You can sometimes you can tell when it's the end, and this doesn't feel like the end. This feels like a redemption story is brewing. Yeah. But you tell me, Rob. I don't know. What do you think? I, I agree. I mean, I, I look at it this way. I, I think that he knows that he still has gas left in the tank. I, I I think that's a big piece of this thing. I think watching Travis do his thing, mm. 
you know, I, I think as much as, and he's thrilled for his brother, don't get me wrong. This is not uh, in any way, shape or form him being jealous or whatever, but I think it all, the competitor in him is ignited watching that. And I also think he hates the way that his season ended and the way that he went out and his teammates went out and he doesn't want to see that same thing. He, he doesn't want to go out on that note. You can't guarantee anything, but you don't want to go out on a note where you lose six of seven. So I, I think he's back too. Absolutely, man. Listen, you know, just because the prom queen turns down, that doesn't mean you stop shooting, okay? Yeah. You got to keep shooting, fellas. Keep shooting your shots. Somebody, somebody will say yes. You know what I mean? So, look, Jason Kelsey, I'm rolling with that. Like, it's, yeah, things didn't end well last year for Philadelphia Eagles. And it was quite obvious. And, look, when you look at the record at face value, you say 11-6. and six, Okay, look, you guys came over Super Bowl, you know, appearance. It's not the easiest thing to do. 11-6, and six, not bad. But when you dig deeper to the nitty-gritty, you find out that, whoa, you lost your last uh, you went one and seven in your final eight. Yeah. Uh, that's not a good look. So again, that 11 to six record is not bad at face value. If those losses were sprinkled around it, we would feel way better about the Philadelphia Eagles. But mm -hmm. to end the season like that, that's the that's the kind of bad juju that you need to exercise. And um, Jason Kelsey understands there's no way he's going out like that. His pride, his pride is too intact, you know, for him to go out that way. I'm ex I, I'm I'm in a complete agreement with you, man. And I, and I just I think also it would be a window to how he feels about Kellen Moore if he mm. believes they made the right moves in the off season. You know, if if he felt like they were bringing in guys who weren't capable, then he may say, you know what, man, right, I, right. I, I look, I've done enough. I've won it. I've I've been great. Blah blah blah. I'm going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, we, let's face it. It's a hard thing, Tone. When you know you're going to the Hall of Fame, and I don't know what he even thinks in these terms. I'm sure he, he does to some degree. But he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's won a championship. He's made all the money in football he could make. He knows that he's set up for post-football life, too. This is all a rare combination. Think about how many guys can say that. Hall of Fame, won it, tons of money, and set up after football life. So he doesn't have to do this. He, he could very easily just say, man, dude, I don't need to put my body through this. But I think he's just he's wired such that he's a competitor, man, and he and he, and he knows he's still got a little gas left in the tank. Yeah, and to put a button on it, he's coming off of a first team All Pro season at That's the age true. of thirty six. Yeah, is it? Do I have that age correct? Thirty six. Yeah, the uh, T Travis is thirty four. Uh, I'm going to pull it up right. right now, but yeah, I think he's so. To, to come off that kind of season at that age, come on, man. Yeah. If if I'm 36 and I'm still at the top of my game professionally, he's 36. You know, FYI, 36. It's 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 hard to walk away from that. Mm -hmm. It's hard. He's aging gracefully. You know, he's he's clearly done an amazing job of taking care of his body. He's been an Iron Man. Doesn't miss game. See, this would be a different story if he was battling injuries all year. True. You know, he played. He ended up playing only 11 games or 12 games, and it was kind of you know herky jerky all the way. You know, well, all the let's way be real. Game. If he looked like Bradbury, you'd say, yeah, yes. just hang it up, man. It's over." Bradbury is the worst possible version of that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I didn't even mean to give shrapnel to Bradbury, but I'm just thinking of a guy who looks like he's nowhere near his prime. If, if I think Kelsey's too prideful, he would know it if he if he was that guy. There's no doubt he'd walk away if he was that guy. Bradbury was moving like it was time to call the geriatrics and you know, you know, start filing for the AARP. Correct. That's how that's how he looked, you yeah. know. But Look, man, hopefully we'll, we'll see how this thing turns out in the end. The Eagles have a lot of moves to make in the offseason. It doesn't just begin or end with Jason Kelsey. Um, 
you know, uh, we talk about it all the time on both sides of the ball. They have a lot of holes to fill on offense. I think it's more about depth. I'm um, on defense. It's definitely about the starting uh, a lot of the starter starting positions at linebacker, safety, and even corner if you want to um, take it that far. So, um, look, man, we got a lot to talk about today, man. I'm excited. It's a hump day. Come on, yeah. Rob, give me one of those. Give me one of those. Oh. I need. I need. I need it from All the right. chest, from the diaphragm. All right, hold on. Oh. All right. Sometimes you have to stretch before you, you stretch. You, you know what I mean? Say a quick prayer. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> hump day. Mm. Mm. All right. To God that be the glory. Mm. That, that came from that came from the innards, man. As they say, you, you know what they? I, I was watching. You know what's funny? You and I were speaking of. I don't know how I got to this, but I'm, I'm going to it. We were talking about how good the uh, what was it called? Telling the We Are the World uh, documentary, oh, uh, Greatest Night in Pop. Okay, so I, I I was you know rabbit holing off of that, just just trying to get more background on it and doing some other things. So I was watching this thing with Daryl Hall, who I think is spectacular right i mean as in, as in daryl hall from hall, hall notes. notes yeah yeah so and he's a he's a from Pottstown, pa Th those two guys met at temple hall of notes did you know that wow they were no both idea. students at temple yep yep pretty cool hall, hall and both guys from the area from the philadelphia area uh but anyway he was talking about the mistake that most singers made somebody was asking him how do you how do you have this lasting power man you've been doing this for you know 50 years how you been doing it for so long his mother was a vocal teacher. Uh, she taught piano and, and vocals uh, at lessons as a kid when he was a kid. And he said, the first thing she imparted to me was everything. If you're trying to uh, project your voice, whether it's singing or broadcasting, it's got to come from the diaphragm. It's got to come. <clears throat> it can't be just here from here up. It all starts below. It has to come from here. From here. Exactly right. So anyway, that's where that hump day came from. That was thank you, Daryl Hall, uh, for the advice. I know it's he's a funny. big fan of the show. Yeah, it, you just reminded me of the scene where uh, Diana Ross. I think she walked up to was it Daryl Hall or was it who? Who did she walk up to and she asked for their autograph? It was then, it was Daryl Hall. Yeah, she walked up to Daryl Hall, and she was like, "Excuse me, can I have your autograph? Can you sign my plate? You know my sheet." And all of a sudden, you start seeing everybody sign everyone's sheets. And everybody was, was like just, a little kid. Yeah. It was yeah. so wholesome. And seeing those superstars moving around without their handlers, it it humanized them. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. And um, it's it, it, it just puts things in perspective that you, no matter how great you are or you think you are, you should always, you know, acknowledge greatness that's standing across from you as well. Yeah. You know, I, I, and it, yeah. there was so much greatness in that room that night. You know, I, I don't know if we've ever had a generation that produced so many legends before. Musically. I don't think in one setting. No, I don't think we've ever. I mean, other than other than when they did Band Aid, uh, Live Aid, Live Aid. Right. Sorry, was the concert? Do you familiar with that one? So yeah, that uh, happened. Yeah, yeah, they, they were telling us about that, and okay, I didn't so know anything Live about Aid, it until then. Yeah, Live Aid spurred on We Are the World and all those kind of things. So Live Aid, they did a they they did a dual concert, uh, one in London at Wembley Stadium, and one here in Philadelphia at at old JFK Stadium. JFK held a hundred thousand people. Okay, Ooh. Wembley I think holds, I don't know the exact number, but a lot. Okay, and they had it was a who's who of of British and American artists. Okay, um, so they it, it was incredible. I mean, it was it was flat out incredible. But they were split between two coasts. 
That, to me, was the biggest conglomerate of talent in the history of music. Mm. And I don't think I'm overstating it. Like, it, it between old school, you know, Ray Charles, you know, some of the older school guys at the time, and even at the time, we're talking about 40 years ago still, but, and then sort of newer school people. And I thought, I do, I'll be frank too, I'd love to see different genres. I'd love to see white artists, black artists together, riffing off each other, working off each other. It's just... It was it was so cool, man. It was so and they were cool. clearly I, I fans of each other. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. They were clearly fans of each other. So yeah, it was awesome. It was cool. It was cool. Okay, so um, back to the sports, you guys. Sorry, you've been on the Kelsey thing for a while, and I I totally am with you on this. That I think he comes back, and I think Stoutland Stoutland's just cool. You can see why those guys like him. He'll just drop something in there every once in a while like that. You know what I mean? Like I've seen him. Uh, uh, Brandon Brooks talked about how. Stoutland reached out to him and said, dude, uh, it's been my honor coaching you. Like you see little things like that. He just knows how to, you know, I, again, I get it. He, he, I know why these guys like him anyway. Um, and we'll talk more about the Eagles in a second, but the, mm-hmm. the couple things I also wanted to hit NBA trade deadline uh, is tomorrow. Yahoo sports reporting. The Sixers are interested in buddy healed and Boyong Bogdanovich. Okay. Uh, healed of course has an expiring deal with the Pacers. 18 million this year. Bogdanovich has two years left on his deal uh, with the Pistons. I actually like both guys. I oh, yeah, do. Sure. Uh, I, I, I'm worried about Heald in that I think, he, even though he's only, I think, 31. He, I think Jeez, he's he, 31. I remember when he was going crazy at Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. Villanova knocked them out on, yeah. on one of their title runs. He was unstoppable. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think that. He's certainly, I think, a little bit on the downside, but I really, um, I, they need a shooter badly. They're 30th in, in three-point, uh, you know, efficiency and whatnot and attempts. And Bogdanovich brings that too. And I don't mind that Bogdanovich has one more year left at 19. And he's a little bit older, but I think he would help the Sixers. I would, I would prefer Bogdanovich, but I'd be fine with either of these guys as long as I'm not giving a ton up. That's where I'm at. You got to give Maxi some help, man. Over however long it takes him be to be back, you you can't have this dude out there having they're they're running two and three at him every single time. Yeah, um, I definitely want the guy that gives me the best combination of uh, uh shooting and defense. Um, but then it, it made me think, man. Um, with Joel Embiid's injury history, and clearly, um, it's he reaggravated the same knee that he hurt years ago. Are we? Should he just shut it shut it down for the rest of the season, uh, Rob? I, I, I like I I really been thinking about this. Is but for the greater good for the long term. Remember, like you told me this um, not so long ago. He has what four years left on that deal. Yeah. Yep. Should should the should, should the Sixers be thinking long game with this? Tyrese Max is very young. You're going to extend him, obviously. You, yeah. you have so much. You have so much cap flexibility. You have so many draft picks. Should they really be concerned or deeply entrenched in this year? Here's my answer to that tone. This thing really goes sideways to, to close out the season without him. And you, you're just buried and you look like you have no chance. Then I, I don't think you, I, I really don't think you force this guy back here. You also have to have, you got to have Joel be honest with you. Like you got to tell us, man, if this thing still doesn't feel hundred percent, cause we don't want to risk it. We'd rather have you be at your maximum health wise next year. That's a good we don't point. Want you dragging a leg around out there, man. Let's think about it for you. Point. Yeah, and think about it for us. 
right? So, so let's just be smart. We're not, nobody here is pushing you. So I, we want you to be as honest as you could possibly be with us. Now, look, if he's in four weeks tone, feeling great and ready to start his rehab and he's being honest with you, I don't know. Can I really tell him? No, no, dude, we're shutting you down in mid-March. I can't do that. So I'm I'm not trying to not answer the question, but I really do want to play it by ear and see how it goes. Like everybody responds differently to, they're calling it a procedure, surgery, whatever you want to call it. Everybody responds differently. Everybody's body's different. As quickly as the, as the procedure went yesterday, I'm thinking if they didn't find anything major in there that they didn't like, that's just my yeah, guess. You know, it's, you said something very key to me out of everything you said. The one thing that stood out to me was Joe only beat has to be honest. Yeah. And we know he's a competitor. Um, we don't question his effort on the court. That's one thing we've never done. We know when he's out there, he's giving you everything he's got. He's going to put up the numbers. He's going to dominate on the defensive end. Um, yeah. Former MVP. We know Joel Embiid, when he's healthy, he's, he's, he's the best player on the floor any given night. But he has to be completely honest with not only himself, but he has to be honest with the team, the organization, because all they can do is, you know, do their x-rays, you know, follow their procedures and say, okay, it looks good. But how do you feel on it? Mm-hmm. And if he's not honest on about that part of it, how do you feel on it? Mm-hmm. Then all the organization can say is, all right, you know, you say you feel fine, you know, we'll we'll play you. And then if something goes wrong, you know, the masses, the fans, you know, uh, the prognosticators are, are, are ripping the Sixers. You sure. feel what I'm saying? So it's like, I do. I do. so it's, so it's Joel and B. Yes. We want you out there. We know, we know you want to be out there, but he has to be completely honest throughout this entire process, because if he's not, and he hurts himself again, I don't want to, I don't want to hear people ripping the Sixers for mishandling him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. it's Dan, if you do Dan, if you don't, all they can do is operate off the science. Right. He has to. He has to operate off of how he truly feels. Is it stable enough? Do you think you can get you know you know get that lift? Do you feel you can move laterally? How comfortable are you on this knee? Yep. He has to be honest first and foremost. And if he's not, the Sixers are going to find themselves in deeper trouble. Yeah. I mean, depending on who you talk to, some people say he'll be back in six weeks. Some people say he's not going to play this season. Um, and I, you know, I know that knee's been troubling for him for a while. So yeah. Yeah, I, it is going to be really interesting to see what ends up happening here. All right, so let, let me – I want to hit you with this too, and I want everybody in the chat to react as well. Uh, ESPN, Fox, Warner Brothers, who owns uh, TNT, other 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 platforms as well, mm-hmm. are going to be launching a sports streaming platform. Uh, the date hasn't been announced or whatever. There's 15 other networks involved reportedly. included in the package – the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, WNBA, NASCAR, college sports, golf, tennis, FIFA, you name it, okay? A one-stop shop, basically. Yeah. So this is coming. It's its its not if, it's when, okay? I don't know exactly when, but it's its going to be happening soon. We, we've all seen the writing on the wall with NFL games starting to be on streaming and, you know, et cetera, Major League Baseball games also. Here's the question I have for you. A, would you buy it? And B, if you do, are you done with all your other platforms? Like, at what point do you get to a breaking point where you're like, I can only have so many of these, man. I, I got 15 other things. I got to consolidate a little bit. Um, if they give me no other option, I'm going to have to invest, right? Um, especially if they're giving me all of that and it's a one-stop shop. But this is where they really, um, you know, get you. What they're going to do is it's not just going to be, A, you know, um, buy the subscription, 
and then hey, you have access to everything. What they're going to do is they're going to create paywalls for each individual network and sport. Watch, just okay. watch, because Amazon, uh, all these, all all these streaming services create additional paywalls. Right? right, you can you can you can uh, buy Amazon Prime, right, and then next thing you know, oh, there's a paywall for. This premium, um, yeah, hub. that's the problem. You know, there's too. a paywall for stars, paywall for HBO Max, it's like, but I'm already paying for HBO Max over here, so it's no point to pay for it over here. They have so many paywalls, even in Hulu, right? They have so many paywalls for additional, um, uh, additional content, and I think that's what's going to end up happening for that yeah. platform as well. It's 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 only like you said, it's only a matter of time. Um, look, I pay for Amazon Prime. Um, I use. <laughs> I use my mom's Peacock. I use <laughs> I use my brother-in-law's Hulu account and Disney Plus. Um, no, I get it. And, you, and everybody, uh, HBO, listen. Everybody this is a family does. affair here. Exactly right. This is a family affair. So um, some of these streaming services are catching wind of that, and they're yeah. trying to create these, I guess, mechanisms that prevent prevent people. From they sharing, will eventually catch up to us. Yeah. But 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 overall, listen. Until further notice, hey, listen. It's a family affair. I, listen, each one teach one. Each listen, you 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 scrub my back, I scrub yours. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's ridiculous. Here's what I, here's so what I would worry about. Th this would have to be part of your contract, whatever you want to call it. The, me me agreeing to this. If I would agree, and I and I think I, I I'm look, I'm a sucker, so I probably will. But right. if I agree to something like this, you better not start jacking me up for like. Hey, I know you're paying this, but this is a playoff game. So you got to pay a little bit more to watch the, the NFC championship. That if you start doing that, man, honest to God, that will burst the bubble. I I like we're all sports addicts, but that's where I'm checking out. If you really start gouging me, like I hate this to begin with, but you're gouging me even more. Rob, as much as as much as we claim or scream to the mountaintop that cable was dying and hey, you know, avoid that cable bill and pay this cheaper. You know, price for these X amount of channels really customize your bundle, right? All that kind of stuff. The fact of the matter is, we're slowly. When you add up all the streaming services you're playing for, you're paying a cable bill. Yep. So it's and, I, and look, I understand it's so much content that we have at our disposal at our disposal these days. Let's be honest. There's more shows, more movies, more documentaries, um, more cartoons. There, 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 there's more sport. There's more content. Than we could have ever anticipated. There was a point in time where there were only three channels on the TV: right. CBS, NBC, ABC. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And here we are now: um, Hulu, HBO Max, um, Prime, Netflix. Uh, you got um, you got you, you got you got Disney Plus. Uh, you have the Redbox app. You have Vudu. You got Tubi. You got uh, Sling. You, you got it's so many things out there uh, and every network is trying to have their own streamer service. You know, stars has their, you know, their own streamer service. Um, Showtime has their own streamer service, CBS, Paramount plus, you know, um, Peacock. It's, it's insane. Yeah. And sooner or later, when you add all that up, we're paying for a cable bill. Right. No, listen, I, I, I got you, man. I got you. Uh, and I, I think, we all, everybody who's been paying attention to this knows it's coming. They know it's only a matter of time, right? I, I, I mean, honestly. Um, yes. Apple uh, TV Plus. Can't forget that. Yeah. It, it, it makes it more, it makes it more annoying, Rob. When you see a trailer for something, you're like, oh, this looks good. And all of a sudden you see, it's just, you see it's on a streaming service you don't have. You're like, oh. I know. 
I know, man. And, and then know. you got to debate: Am I going to am I going to buy this service for just for just, just this project? And this is where they really get you. You set up the trial, and you forget, and all of a sudden you got that bill, and you're like, "Oh damn!" He's like, "All right, I'll just keep it." And now, yeah. now they got you hooked. I know, and that's what ends up happening. You're right, I, and I think it's I, it's going to be a really interesting case study because you brought this up when you and I were having our pre-show meeting, and I, I I threw this at you. You know, there there are older folks who like to just sit down, hit the remote, and and turn on the channel that they know that the game's going to be on, right? And and I, I'm in no way, shape, or form knocking those folks. You know, I, I'm not. I wonder, you know, are are you just pushing them out, pushing them to the side who are, who have been loyal sports customers for years and years and years, you know, maybe they don't have somebody, uh, you know, uh, uh, that can come over and help them to figure it out, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think mm-hmm. it's a shame that you are going to hurt some folks with this simply because they're, they're not, I mean, they're 70, 80 years old. They, they don't know all the technology and, and mm-hmm. it's life, you know, and, you know and, and, and that part sucks. And on top of that, you have some older people, um, who may they may have the apps right, like an Amazon, but they don't really know how. They don't to even know how to find it, it. right? Yeah. And 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 then, but they let's say they do have it, and they and they're in the app, and they see a show that they want to watch, and they click on it, but they don't know that there's, you know, there's another paywall to access that show. All right. But Amazon, this is how they get you. Perfect example. My grandmother visited me a few weeks back, a couple weeks back. Okay. And she was and she was on my Amazon Prime watching something, and uh, well, she was trying to watch something, and she put it on. And I was like, hey, grandma, you know what? How, how'd you get this? And she was like, oh, it was just there. I said, grandma, you know I have to pay for that, right? And she was like, wait, I, I don't understand. Oh, geez. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 you know, it wasn't a big deal. But mm-hmm. it was just one of those things like it was it, it was on BET Plus. Yep. And basically, they don't have something where it says, are you sure you want to watch this? You have to pay additional. You just watch it and then they'll charge you for it. Yeah. I, I, listen, I agree. And I agree with this with Twiz. I'm only 38. Rather watch games on TV, Leslie. You're right. Here, here's here was my issue Absolutely, all year. Absolutely. With, with, yeah. With the well, I'll just take the for example, the Thursday night games on Prime. To, to a to get to it, it takes five minutes. B mm-hmm. to get off of it. If I want, like, I, I'm a sports fan, so when a commercial comes on, I, I'm flipping. I'm going to go watch, you know, NBA, or I'm going to go watch college hoops. Then I got to go through the whole process again to get back on it. I'm bound mm-hmm. to miss some plays. Like they have to figure that out too. It's got to be a quicker way of maneuvering and allowing you to watch other things simultaneously as you're jumping around. I know they part of it. They want to keep you captive, so you watch the commercial, not go through the headache of having to flip back and forth. I get it, mm-hmm. but that that hurts the product in my estimation. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how this thing pans out. Overall, it always comes back to the one thing that's king, and that's cash. That's it. It's as simple as simple that. As that. More that's money, more problems, reason. you guys. Well, more money, more problems. Roger Goodell yesterday, you know, defended how four years ago to the hilt, we will not have anything to do with gambling, legal gambling. And then, you know, suddenly there's a team in Vegas and, you know, everybody's, you know, all on board with, with, with everything. So it's, it's just a money talks, money talks. Does it uh, yeah. Um, all right. So let, let's, uh, let's hit it tone. Let's come back. And here's what we're going to look at from an Eagles standpoint. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the Brazil game. We're going to look at their home game, away games. And I got 10 headlines that I want to throw past you that I think are interesting for this offseason, okay, that we can look at 
and delve into. We'll do that. We're going to get into the Super Bowl matchup. We're going to talk some Andy Reid uh, and and you know his time with Philadelphia, his time with Kansas City, how we look back at that. A lot of stuff for the NFL as well. So we got a lot of ground to cover. Flyers back at it. They played last night, got a win. Sixers are playing the Warriors tonight. Could be incredibly shorthanded. Uh, so we'll talk about that also. So a lot to get to. Don't go anywhere. Tone, Rob, sports take. All right, let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Been going there since 1985. Family owned since 1985, in fact. Alex and the crew in there seven days a week putting together the absolute best food with the best variety. 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have specialized pizza. However you want it, they'll make it. But if you're not up for pizza, they have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, Pennsylvania. Give them a call, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back Wednesday, hanging out with you. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis. All right, uh, Tony. So we are still awaiting word of who the Eagles will play in Brazil. We don't know yet. Uh, We know their home games are the Cowboys, Giants, Washington, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Jacksonville, Carolina, and Green Bay. You could take Jacksonville and Carolina out. So it could be any of the others. There's a lot of thought that it won't be a divisional matchup, but that's not 100%. Um, So it could be any of those three, Cleveland, Potentially Pittsburgh, um, you know, uh, Atlanta or, or or Green Bay. So they're, they're the home games. And again, we just don't know right now. Road games. Dallas, New York, Washington, Tampa, L.A. Rams again, Baltimore, Cincinnati, New Orleans. OK, that's who the we know who the Eagles play. We don't yet have the schedule out uh, that comes out, obviously, after the Super Bowl uh, concludes. All right. So I got 10 questions I want to hit you with. And, and, and keep in mind, Eagles finished 11 and 6. They started off 10 and 1. So obviously there, it was a mess at the end, including the, the playoff loss to Tampa, which they were just non-existent. First question I have for you and for the chat. Can Nick Sirianni, in your estimation, in your eyes, turn things around? Yes or no? Mm. Let me say that will instead of can. Will he turn it around? You know, it's such a loaded question because it begs the question, how much control of the, of the situation does he truly have? Good right? Point. Good point. Um, we all know how the season ended, and we all know how there's been uh, a separation of powers. Um, you bring in Kellen Moore to fix your stale offense that was orchestrated and created by Nick Sirianni. Um, you bring in Vic Fangio to try to add some discipline and uh, structure to your defense. Obviously, they have personnel issues on the defensive side. They have depth issues on the offensive side. When I mix all of that into a blender and you end the season one and seven, is everything trending in the right direction? Maybe not. Is there optimism? Sure, because you bring in some legit offensive and defensive minds, especially um, at the you know at position coaches like uh, Doug Newsmeyer at uh, quarterback coach and Clint Hurt at D line and so on and so forth, um, and then also a lot of it hinges on the quarterback position. Will Jalen Hurts be able to get back on track? Which we're I going say, to get to, yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, I say I say all that to say, I would like to believe that Nick Sirianni 
and the Philadelphia Eagles can turn things around in the 2024 NFL season. I would like to believe that. And I am a supporter of the team. So I want that to be the case. Um, Nick Sirianni, his, he, he makes me nervous at times. But because he's not going to be in control of his offense and, you know, in the length that he was before, um, it does provide some optimism. But again, there's still so many unknowns surrounding this team. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to err on the side of optimism because I'm a supporter of this team. All right. Here's where I'm at with this. I have to believe that what we saw the first two and a half years is still there somewhere. How do you take a team that won four games the year before, get them to nine games, get them to the playoffs, and then the next year take them to 14 regular season wins and get them to within three points of the Super Bowl, then start them off 10 and one? Like, how do you do that if you're a bad coach? How do you do that if the message is, if guys have turned you off? Mm-hmm. I, I, this is the, to me, like, this is the age old debate here. Why was that so successful and why was it so hideously unsuccessful? to close out the season. And I think it's a really hard thing to pin down. Is it as simple as Super Bowl hangover? Guys just were getting away with things early last year that eventually bit them in the rear end because they weren't working as hard on details as they should have been. Maybe. Yeah, also, also, is it as simple as Shane Steichen left and that offense suffered? Right. But then that, but then that also doesn't answer for the defensive side. So things really imploded on itself in that final stretch of the season to the point where it's – you're going to need more than ten fingers to point them all at yes. what you know at the, you know at the issues. Um, yeah, yeah. and I, I think the other part is maybe maybe you just you had to phase out the two co- uh, coordinators, and you're going to have to phase out some personnel here who weren't good enough and didn't buy in. And, and if you're able to do that successfully, and Sirianni's able to adapt to the to the, the the slight change in his role, then then yeah, I think they will. Here's why I think they will, Tone. I, a, I, like I said, I think there is still something there with Sirianni. I also think that you have too many good players for them to be what they were. I mean, I, I, I just think Jalen Hurts is too good. AJ, Devontae, the line. I think Hassan Reddick's way better than what he showed last year. Josh Sweat is way better. Mm. Carter's way better. I, there's too much talent there. for The D-line underperformed, flat out. They underperformed. Yeah, like if I felt like there wasn't talent there, then it might be different. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I think the Eagles get back to being a team that are in contention to get out of the NFC. It's not going to be easy. San Francisco's really good. Uh, the Lions are really good. Like, yeah, but I think they will get back. I do. Yeah, and, and, and again, I want to make sure, you know, my position is clear, you know, because I support this team, I, you know, I have to be optimistic about them turning things around. Yeah. But I also, you know, acknowledge the uphill battle that they that they face this offseason. They have no wide receiver depth. They have no running back depth. You can make an argument they have no running back. Um, uh, who's going to be the backup quarterback to Jalen Hurts? We don't know what that's going to be. But that's a but that's a minuscule issue, really. Um, the tight end depth. Where is that? Can Dallas Goddard stay healthy? That's another that's another question. Um, is will Kelsey come back as much as we think he will come back? That's still up in the air. Lane Johnson, can he continue to stay on the healthy side? You know, he battled a couple things, um, you know, last season. Um, can Cam Jurgens elevate his game? Uh, can they, you know, can they replenish the depth behind that offensive line? You know, are they going to be able to resign Driscoll and Sewell Peta? You know, what's their cap situation? They have, what are they going, what are they going to do about the bad contracts at corner? Um, what what's going to be their game plan for the draft? Um, they have no room for error. Yeah. And typically, when you go into an offseason, you want to have some wiggle room. Mm-hmm. They have absolutely no room 
for error. And, you know, I understand people say, well, you know, Harry Roseman, he's done it before. He can do it again. You know, he can work magic. Look, man, he does have a track record of repairing issues, but he also has a track record of getting himself too deep into issues. Mm -hmm. So that's true. It's true. So he so again, he has almost no room for error this offseason. And although I'm optimistic about the team. I acknowledge that this is not going to be an easy fix, and it might not all be fixed in a single offseason. At at best, I think we should curve our expectations and hope that they can become a respectable defense. Not even good, not even great, respectable, okay. competent. Can they get, can they go from being dead last to fifteenth in the league? I don't right? see why you can't do that. I mean, honestly, I, like if if you if you, I expect a big jump from Jalen Carter, I expect. I still think Reddick and Sweat are going to be here. I know some people we've talked to who cover the team don't think at least one of them is going to be gone. But I think both of those guys are back. Um, yeah, Jordan Davis is a big piece of this, and I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm not, I can't. That's one thing I can't predict. I don't know what Jordan Davis is. It, it, that's up to Jordan Davis. Absolutely. And I, don't, I don't know what we got to find. out. We're going to really find out this year, like what that dude's made of. If not, I'll tell you, Tone. They're going to turn on him big time. If, if we see the same kind of you know, fade out that we saw last year. This guy they traded up to get in the first round. People are going to be highly pissed off. He got, he, he's, he's sort of still on the honeymoon phase a little bit because there were so many other things that went wrong. Mm-hmm. Jordan Davis is going to get buried if he doesn't have a big year this year. I'll tell hey, you. Listen, right you, you bring up a hell of a good point. Cause when we look at him, right. You know, if, if, in, in a, you know, I was talking about this with, uh, you know, with Sills in a, in, in a 34 game sample size, he's missed games in the rookie year. He was almost a non-factor as well, and then this year he only gave you really eight solid starts. Yeah. So out of out, out of thirty-four games, he's really shown you the his best eight of those games. Is that a first-round worthy pick? No. Is is that a top fifteen pick? That's no. like a fourth-round worthy productivity level. Hey man, hey, you said it, not me. So I look I look at it like this. Like I said, there's so many unknowns. It it's going to be it's going to be a very eventful offseason for the Philadelphia Eagles. And again, they have almost no room for error. Almost none. Tell you the other one, too, Tom. Nolan Smith better show up. It's another first round pick. He better show yeah. up again. He's lucky that there was a lot of other stuff that went on because the spotlight's yeah. going to be firmly on him, too. Yeah, because as of right now. When it comes to the Georgia experiment, you can make an argument the Eagles are what one for five. Yeah, they ju- well, like they drafted Jalen Carter, Jordan Carter's Davis, Kobe Dean, uh, Nolan Smith, Kelly Ringo. So I'm going to put Ringo like Ringo. In a, in a, Ringo's in, TBD in a holding pattern. Yeah, right. He's but, TBD. But, but you can definitely one out of four ain't good. So so far, Nolan Smith not good, Jordan Davis not good, Kobe Dean not good, and and, and banged up. To, to, on a couple of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Careful what you wish for. We, when we were all on board with it, you know, right. all of us. So, right. You uh, know, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you look at these guys and it's so frustrating for Jordan. When you look at Jordan Davis, you say, it's not talent. He clearly can play, but dog, get your conditioning together. That's, and then we, you and, control that. You, and then you, you can't, Joel B can't control that his knee just went, you know? Jordan Davis, you control your 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 shape that you're in. 
Right. Frankly, it pisses me off, man. Right. And then the the Kobe Dean, we say to ourselves, okay, we haven't really seen him flash on the field at all. But then on top of that, we haven't had enough sample size to really gauge him because he's been on, he's, he was on IR two times in one season. Yeah. So again, this Georgia experiment so far is not a passing grade. Yeah, right. Jalen Carter, you know, he hit the rookie wall last year. But again, I expect big things from him. I'm betting on his talent base. But overall, this Georgia experiment is not has not received the passing grade, you yeah. know. And I don't care how people want to spin it. The fact of the matter is, only one of your Georgia products so far looks like he has a promising future. Killer Ringo, is, TBD. I think this is part of the problem too. We're, we're mad at rookies for being rookies. Well, Jordan Davis isn't a rookie. Last I checked, uh, I, 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 that's why I'm giving Jalen Carter, even though he didn't play right. at the dominant level that he played early. I'll give him – he gets a pass. And right. Pass we just said – right. We just said Keeler Ringo's TBD. Yeah. TBD. So a, anyway, he, was a, he was a rookie. People hear what they want to hear. That's fine. Jalen Carter, we said he had a rookie wall, but we know that he's going to be all right. We said yes. that. So there's two rookies right there. Correct. As far as I'm concerned, we're really ripping two guys that are second-year players yes. who are Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis. So, so uh, yeah, listening correct. is fundamental. <laughs> um, all right. So let, let's go to the uh, – let's continue here. Here, this might be the biggest one tone. I mean, the the most obvious one is getting Hurts back to an elite level, and you you yes. kind of you touch, touched on it. But 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 here's this this one is it, it it's looking more and more like they made bad choices on the coordinators last year. Did they get these two right? Is Kellen Moore the right guy? Is Fangio? Uh, let me let me attack more for a second. Here, I'm going to say attack. I mean, jump in on it. I know what you mean. What? Yeah, I'm not attacking him. But one of the things I really like, yeah, that Kellen Moore. No, um, I love the fact that, that throughout his career, whether it was in Dallas with Dak, for the most part, obviously it was a really small sample size with the Chargers, but he's been very good against the blitz. He's combated the blitz very well uh, as, a, as an yes. offensive coordinator. It's been one of his greatest strengths. One of the biggest weaknesses for the Eagles last year offensively was not being able to combat the blitz. So – I think if you just bring in someone, whether it's him, whether it's the quarterback's coach or whatever, who who can work with Jalen on that, you're taking away one of the biggest things that teams do and, and did to, to take the Eagles out of their game. And if you get that part of it right with it with mm-hmm. a hot read underneath, boom, it's out, or Jalen climbs the pocket and buys that split second that you need where the, where the blitz goes past them. I, I think it could change everything as far as this offense goes. So if I'm if I'm even Singling out one little thing, honing it down to that. If that if so, that's something that Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore brings to the table, man, for Jalen, that's huge as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. Yeah, um, I, I would love to see if Kellen Moore can help Jalen Hurts speed up that clock. Yes, and allow and, and put him in a situation where he's able to make quicker decisions, um, and and also kind of undo that big player bust mentality. Um, yes. you know, in 2022, they were exp- they led the league in explosive plays. So by default, they're going to assume that, you know, this is this is our style of offense. This is how we beat teams. You know, we have to really lean into this. And look, explosive plays, they really help they help you win. Don't get don't get don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but let let the explosive plays happen. Let them come to you. It seemed it seemed like all year the Eagles were trying to force explosive plays and they were just flipping a coin, hoping that their big-time players would make big-time plays every time they threw in the ball. And, look, it was it was happening. A.J. Brown had went on a tear. Um, one game that stands out to me, that, that that Washington game, where he was just unguardable. But um, 
it comes a point in time where the coaching has to, okay, we have these talented guys. Let's try to get more creative and put them in better positions so they can have more free reign and have more space to really operate. Mm -hmm. um, too often all year, we saw guys like Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown um, playing above the rim. Um, trying, you know, uh, do, do, doing doing the best, doing the best with little they've been given, you know, from a route combination standpoint. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely looking to kill him more, to, you know, to to uh, install some things that can help, um, for you know, help these guys flourish. And most most notably, like you said, Jalen Hurts, mm -hmm. the blitz, the blitz has been his Achilles heel, his, his Achilles heel all his career in 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 the NFL. We overlook it in 2022 because of where they made it and. He was an MVP candidate. We overlooked it. But if you really dig deep into those games, that Cardinals game, the Blitz was eating us alive. Well, Barely won that well, game. Go back and watch the second half. That's all you need to do. The everything, Colts went, game. everything went into the abyss. It wasn't just Jalen Hurts. Okay. But if you watch that, Jonathan Gannon knew exactly what he wanted to do. Like, yeah. He, he, but, 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 but even then, I'm, I'm talking about in 2022 when they played the Cardinals before. Oh, oh you know, I got you. I got you. Yeah. 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 If, you, if, if you remember that game, that game was a bit of a struggle. Yeah, the, the, Card the Cardinals were blitzing oh, a lot. They barely won the last, the basically the last won. second field goal. Yeah, yeah, and and then um the, the Colts game from that same year, that game was a struggle. Jalen Hurts had to turn into a magician. True, very you know true. what I mean. Um, you know, yep. so, so there has there there's been a sample size where the Blitz has got has taken advantage of the Philadelphia Eagles, but they've been so much more talented than the other team. They've been being able to overcome it. Now in the 2023 season, those same team those, those teams are. You know, deploying the same tactic, but now these teams are more talented. You want to begin a harder schedule, yeah. so you know it's at that point. Now the coaching has to be the deciding factor. Now the you know the chess match begins, and I think the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, overall they failed the chess match. All right, let's go to the other side of this thing. Let's go Fangio. Um, you know, obviously yeah. experience. No, there's no no doubt about that. Has had plenty of success in the league. Has had seasons that weren't so successful. Uh, this is a guy who they obviously targeted and respected a lot. I, it, it, things were weird with Gannon last year where they didn't think he was getting the gig in Arizona. Then all of a sudden he was getting the gig. Had they mm -hmm. known he was leaving earlier than that, Fangio would have been here last year. So they got their man eventually. It just took a, it took an extra season. So he's here, and he is the architect of the, of the foundation of the defense that they believe in, that not giving up the big play. But he is a little bit more aggressive than I think some of his protégés like, like Desai last year or whatever. He's also a guy who, if you look at throughout his career, is has gotten a ton out of his linebackers and a lot out of his safeties in his defense. We know that there are two shortcomings right now for this Eagles team. What I'm really interested in, how much Fangio, Sirianni, Howie have already sat down and said, look, we have got to shake this up. All right, you want to bring Cunningham back? Uh, we know you draft. I know you drafted Nicobe Dean relatively high. We need more bodies here. We don't have enough. We can't go with Nicholas Morrow and, and, and just throw some dudes out there and hope. So how big an emphasis are they going to put on that position and upgrading that throw safety in there as well? Yeah, you bring up a good point. I think, and we kind of broached this yesterday, um, on the national football show, how much control will Vic Fangio have or will he be granted? So far, when you think about the way he's building his staff thus far, he's having full reign over his staff. So they're allowing him to bring his own people in. Um, and when you bring in a guy like Big Fangio, he doesn't take the job unless he knows the brevity of his control or the length of his control. And I think at this point, it's time to let the football people do football things. 
And I think Harry Roseman understands that. I think Harry Roseman should be on the hot seat just as much as anybody else because, you know, he he built this roster. You know, he loves taking he loves taking credit for the great things. Right. But when the when things don't go so well, he tries to find the loophole and say, well, we did this and I did that. And so, uh, listen, my man, what have you done for me lately? So I think Harry Roseman, Nick Sirianni, Jeffrey Lurie, I think they all know that they can't afford any missteps. And, and I think they know at the, I would like to think that they know that at this point, you got to let the football people do football things and make football decisions. And Big Fangio, historically, when it comes to his defense, he's had stability, stability at that linebacker position. I highly doubt he took this job with um, Harry Roseman's uh, mantra when it comes to the linebacker position still being intact. I, for, I would like to believe that Big Fangio is telling him, look, you want to turn this thing around. We, we need some linebackers, man. This, you know, this, this, this can't continue. Well, I, I think you almost do it like, hey, you brought me in here for a reason. Like, mm-hmm. give me the tools. You know, I, I'm, I could sit there and try and make chicken salad out of chicken bleep, but you got to give me something here. And what I have traditionally done, go look at what my linebackers and safeties have done here. We, we don't have it right now. No disrespect, but we got, we, we have to step this thing up. And I think if you don't have respect for a guy who's been around that long and, and is going to, and I believe Fangio will be that blunt with them then why did you hire him? You should just brought in a, a puppet here who you can just walk all over. So, you know, make that part of the, of your thought process of why you did this. Absolutely. And look to your point, they tried it. They tried to bring in some puppets and look, and look what happened. They cut their strings. So, uh, Vic Fangio, a guy with that kind of pedigree, that's not the kind of guy, especially when we, what we hear about his personality and how much of a, um, a teacher he is and how much, how much pressure he puts on his players to really, um, you know, do their jobs and so on and so forth. It's not the kind of guy you want to waste his time. I agree. I agree. I don't. Oh, I, I don't. I, I don't get that feeling. You don't want to waste a big Fangio's time. Let me jump in here. So Christie lives uh, in Portugal. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. So Chris, we need. I. I you know, the Eagles are going to be playing in Brazil, and I know Brazil isn't isn't you know in Portugal, but they speak Portuguese. So give us some football terms, Chris. If you're if you're up to speed with the language, he lives in Lisbon. Uh, you want to throw some our way? Give us some football terms that we can use in, in Portuguese. See, Tom, we'll make people think we're smart. Where we'll we'll tell people <laughs> that we see on the street that we know how to speak Portuguese. Yeah, Chris. Also, give us you know uh, give us a temperature check out there. Uh, you know what, what's the feeling right now, knowing that a football game is coming to that area? Um, and will you go? Because it's probably not a. And will you go? You know, flight or whatever train. I I don't know how far it is. Yeah, I don't know how it works either, but. <laughs> um. So yeah. All right, so there, there's there's that. Now, here's the other thing that I think is going to be also critical, Tone. Returnees. Returnees. Okay, so what I mean by that. Um, Kelsey, Cox, Swift. Yes. Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, among others. Will these guys be back? Will these guys be back? And will they be big contributors next year? All right, let's go one by one, right? Let's start from the top. Who was the first person you said? Oh, here we go. So Chris, Chris is, hold on, hold on. Okay. Portuguese is super, super hard to learn. I take lessons every day for four hours. Whoa. Okay. Okay. All right. Whatever you can give us, Chris. I don't, I don't want to stress you too much. I don't, I don't, I don't want to. Last thing I want to do. I don't want, last thing I want to do is add another hour on to that four hour, uh, 
Oh, okay. So I'm yeah. So this is how bad I am at geography. Oh, so right. See, yeah, I know. I'm like far, an far now. away. Okay, I got you. I, I, <laughs> I like I, an idiot I, now. No, I asked that too. So that that's on me. Anyway. Oh my right. God. Geography um, clearly wasn't my strong to you guys. Same clearly. Here. Same here. That's why we're doing this. It's exactly uh, why uh, we're doing this. All right. Let Let's start with. Uh, we've already kind of discussed Kelsey. We don't need to to do that again. I don't understand. Most people chalk up Fletcher Cox as being gone, and I don't quite understand that. Like, the guy had a really good year for them. I don't and, think and, it's talent, though. I think it's money, really. It's, it's money. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'll say this, too, Tone. Like, if Fletcher Cox walks, you better be damn sure that Jordan Davis is ready to play 17 games. Well, the reason he's still here is because they weren't damn sure that Jordan Davis was able to, you know, step up. That's the, that's the main reason. Best believe, teams are always about – teams – are always about getting younger and cutting costs. Yeah. Getting young, get younger, cut costs, pay someone that's younger, less experienced, do the job. That, yeah. That's that's the base in the business, cost and benefit. And the fact that Fletcher Cox is still here, and this is no indictment on him because he's doing his job at a high level. The fact that he's still here is a clear indicator that Jordan Davis is not where they want him to be. Yeah. Simple as that. Jalen Carter just got here, so I can't even blame him. He was he was the Javon Hargrave replacement. You follow me? But when it comes to Jordan Davis, the reason Fletcher Cox is still here is because Jordan Davis is clearly not shown that he's willing to take up the mantle full time. You know, but um, Fletcher Cox, you know, from a financial standpoint, look, I will look. I put you this way. Yeah. Um, my 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 perfect scenario was, and this is what I actually thought it was going to be. My perfect scenario is Jim Carter and Jordan Davis are your starters. Fletcher Cox is your swing DT. You know what I mean? That that's my perfect scenario because to have Fletcher Cox as your swing DT. Man, you can do a lot worse. Right. So, uh, for me, I, I put it to this way: I would love to have Fletcher Cox back here, you know, as my rotational DT. I need Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter to be the starters. Um, only way I'm the only way Fletcher Cox comes back is if the number makes sense. Mm-hmm. It has to make sense. You know, when they brought him back in 2022, they brought him back uh, on a 14 million dollar one year deal that was fully guaranteed. Put 14 right. million right in his pocket. Um, the 2023 season, 10 million fully guaranteed. Put that right in his pocket. Um, he's still playing at a pretty, pretty high level. I still I, I, let me ask you this real quick. Would you consider D, would you consider uh Fletcher Cox to be a top 10 DT, top 15 DT? Where would you put him at right now? Now, um, oh, I, I definitely um I think he's still I think he's still top 15. I do. I definitely think he's still and and to have a guy like that as your swing dt um can get you uh, can take you really far so the number has to make sense for me um if he's asking for 14 million 12 million if he if if he asks for 10 i can't do that i can't do it yeah yeah i mean the tough thing is he still is a guy who you don't have to take off the field you could play the run he could play the pass um I like Milton Williams. I, I love I, Milton Williams. I'm a big you, Milton Williams fan. You know, so it's another guy we didn't talk about. You know, I, I think he's in a contract year. I Best know. believe Milton Williams is going to turn up this year. And on top of that, you know, if he turns up to the level that I think he will, he won't be here because Milton Williams has confidence in himself and he's going to want to be a starter at some point. And I wouldn't, I'm willing to argue that in that second half of that season where he clearly was outplaying, um, Jordan Davis. Yeah, I would. I would. I wouldn't be surprised if Milton Williams was saying to himself, "I'm better than this dude. Why? Yeah. Like, why, why? Why am I not getting more snaps? I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm winning my matchups more than him. Like, what, what's going on? He was the only DT outside of Fletcher Cox that really showed up in that playoff game. So 
a guy like Milt Williams, a guy who was a fourth round pick, he believes in himself and he knows he's been getting better and better every year. And every time Milton Williams is on the field, I see him impacting the game. You know, he's in a contract year. He's going to want to, you know, leverage that and get as much money as possible. And I don't know if the Philadelphia Eagles are going to see him as a long term guy. And it all, and again, he sees himself, I'm pretty sure he sees himself as being more than just a rotational DT. Let me throw um, another one at you. And I want to stay on the defensive side for a minute. The question is, will they cut Bradbury? Now, the 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 mm. obvious first answer is, yes, they should. We all agree. We all know what we saw last year. It's a big financial hit if they do. Now they can they can spread it out a little bit differently if they do it before March first. But here, more more than even anything else to me, Tone, it's symbolic if you cut him that we're not tolerating what went on last year. If guys aren't good enough, they're gone. If guys aren't, and I'm not saying James Bradbury's as good a guy as you'll meet. I'm not, this is not a reflection of him as a locker room guy. He's as accountable as they get. But yeah. on the other hand, if guys aren't accountable, aren't putting in the work, aren't doing what they need to do, we're changing things. We're not just going to go, you know, hey, it's going to cost us a lot of money. So we're going to stick them out there. That's, it'll be symbolic to me if Bradbury's bounced. Agreed. Um, I think that angle you just took, um, goes a long way with me because you're right. They've clearly shown from a coaching staff standpoint that they have a, they 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 can't tolerate any more mediocrity or anything yep. less than that. You fired your OC, you fired your DC, you fired your quarterbacks coach, you fired everybody damn near. Um, so that approach shouldn't end there. Now, obviously, there's more money tied in players. It's easier to cut staff than players. And James Bradbury's dead cat hits can be pretty daunting. But if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm pulling his representation in the office and saying, look, we can't justify this. Did Like, we all watched that last year, right? We can't justify this. So either he restructures or we cut him. Take your pick because either way it's going to happen. So I'm with you on that. I think, I think cutting James Bradbury would definitely be symbolic and send a clear message that – that 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 type of fall off that level of play is unacceptable. We're trying Not to turn happening. the page here, and Not this year, and, yep. and and I told you um yesterday, I'm totally, and I know this is risky, and I know some people may not like this, but I'm totally on board with a youth movement on defense. You know, have your veterans sprinkled in, obviously, but I'm totally on board with the youth movement. I'm totally on board with drafting a corner in the first round, throwing him out there to be a starter, or even um allowing Keely Ringo to battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Oh, 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 look, Christy's got some words for us. You, you ready? Oh, let's do this. All right, let's do this. All right, football. Get it? Okay. Football. Player. Jogador. Yoga. I, 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 I think the J would be like a Y, like a yoga door. Like, like yoga door. All right. Like, yeah. Like, think... No, like it would be like Jose. Well, what? no, actually, no. Nah, well, maybe it would be. Yeah, maybe it would Hogador. be. Hogador. Oh, Hogador. Yeah, that, you yeah, might Hogador. be right. Hogador, like an H, maybe. Yeah. All right, uh, touchdown. Golo. Golo. I like Golo. I like Golo. I like that too. Yeah. That's good. Uh, penalty. Pen. Penalizado. Pen- I did that in Italian. You just, you just made it Italian. What I was did that? Make it Italian. I did. <laughs> Defense. Defesia. Defesa. 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 Offense. Attaque. Okay. Cheer for my team. Oh boy. Torser Pela Mena Equipa. Torser Pela Mena Equipa. All right. Go Birds. Forza 
Pasados. Forza Pasados. I like Forza that. Forza Pasados. I like that. I'm going to put that on the shirt song. Forza. That's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. Forza Pasados. Go birds, Portuguese. I like it. Chris, good work. We, Solid. We, we, Chris D, this is why we love you, girl. That's what I'm talking about, Chris. Thank this you. This is why we love you, girl. Yes. Uh, okay, Jogador is a is a guz sound. Guz. Gazador. Gazador. Mm. What the heck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah. We, we, we're going to quit right. while we're ahead. Yeah, let's 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 not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've just set the 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 the, the Portuguese language back. Uh, oh, we years. got everybody saying it now. Yes, Forza Passados. Forza Passados. Um, all right, let's uh, let's take a quick time out. Let's come back. I got a couple other headlines that I want to bounce off you, Eagles wise, and then I want to look at the Super Bowl a little bit. I'll give you some numbers. From both of these teams, we'll kind of break it down like we usually do with an Eagles game. So we'll do that when we come back also. Don't go anywhere. That is Tone. I'm Rob. All right, let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances, right? The priority number one, you work too hard, right? Not take care of yourself and your family. I was right there for a long time. I couldn't find the right person. I, I finally did, thankfully, and it's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, or you have a small business and you need help with your employee benefits. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I personally have entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. can also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back with you on this Wednesday. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Don't Ooh, man, I love that song. It is good. Gunner got who was it? One of Gunner's uh, sons, friends, what? did it for us. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember exactly you know what he said, but definitely a uh, D Gun was the uh, was the conduit to allow this thing yeah. to happen, man. Uh, yeah, shout I think out to his Gunner, son man. Jordan either helped with it or one of his boys uh, did. It. I can't, I'm trying to remember exactly who it was, but yeah, it, it's good. It is. I agree with you. Uh, very good. All right, so we, we hit a couple things. We didn't really hit the big boy here, uh, and that would be Jalen Hurts. So we touched on how having Kellen Moore there certainly is going to help him with blitz recognition, pick up those kind of things. Um, but but generally uh, speaking, you know, he's been a guy who's answered the bell most of his his life when people have doubted him, when people have been down on him a little bit, when they've questioned what he is. And he certainly um, didn't perform at the same level last year. And, and it's clouded in the mystery that we have with a lot of things with this team. How much of it was coaching? How much of it was the the you know some people around him? Um, how much of it was just Jalen? And that that is the big thing, Tone. If if we're going to try to figure this thing out and and really uh, you know look to a team to have a chance to potentially either get back there or win one, it, it's really going to come down to to Jalen Hurts in a lot of ways and and what your faith level is. So, how much belief do you put into it? How much do you look at last year and say was other other people, not necessarily him. Yeah, let me, let, let me, it, it is. Um, I'm going to be as candid as I can. Jalen Hurts has to own his struggles from the 20, uh, 20, uh, 2023 season. He has to own those struggles. Jalen Hurts um, did not look comfortable in the pocket. He turned the ball over at an astronomical level that I didn't think he was even capable of. Um, and he couldn't stop the bleeding. And I think that's one of the one of the key attributes of a franchise quarterback, you had to be able to stop the bleeding. And he couldn't stop the bleeding. He could, he wasn't the stabilizing force that we thought he could be. Now, obviously, he still carried himself with class. Don't get it twisted. But on the field, um, he couldn't turn things around for this team. Um, no matter how talented that offense was, he couldn't turn things around. And his turnovers, he has to make better decisions. It's, it's just that simple. Now, I say all that to say, although I'm – holding Jalen Hurts accountable, I should also be able to hold those around him accountable. And when I say those around him, I'm talking about the coaching staff who uh, installed their game plan each and every week. And were the players able to play above that game plan to a 10-1 record? Absolutely. 
But then things sort of ran out of gas on the back end, and the Eagles pretty much got figured out, and things pretty much snowballed from there. Um, I put that on the coaches, right? Um, I, I, from from the beginning of the season, I was screaming to the top of the top of my lungs how the route tree, the route, the route combinations um, were not conducive to success. Too often we saw analysts like Greg Olson, like Troy Aikman, guys that we respect and guys that don't say things just to get clicks. Mm-hmm. Reviewing the Philadelphia Eagles, Brian Baldinger, reviewing the Philadelphia Eagles saying, what were they trying to accomplish here? What what, what can the quarterback do in this particular situation when you have two receivers running into each other or they're within five or three yards of each other and the DBs are literally collapsing on those guys? How can Jalen Hurts deliver the ball with accuracy under those circumstances? But also, Jalen Hurts, a lot of his passes were tipped at the line, which then led to interceptions. He fumbled a lot. So, again, keeping it on Jalen Hurts, he has to own his shortcomings from the 2023 season. Do I, does he strike me as the kind of guy that's going to get back into the lab and grind and fix those issues? Absolutely. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that avoids accountability. He strikes me as the kind of guy that looks in the mirror and says, okay, what's it starts with me. What can I do? And if you notice in every press conference, he always kept saying, it starts with me. What can I do to be better? Right? You know, and, and then at that point, then he starts to adjust everything else. So um, I trust his work ethic. I trust the, uh, I trust the player. I trust the I trust the notion that every time he's faced adversity, he's responded. Um, but again, when it comes to the 2023 season, he has to own those. He has to. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I don't think there's going to be any issue with accountability. Um, I don't. I think that he's going to show up, and I think he's going to. I think he realizes that first of all, the the turnovers can't ever happen under any circumstance. I think he understands that he has to get better in the pocket, progressions, all those kind of things. Um, I, I think that there was a lot of things that went wrong last year and having, I think a more experienced guy in there who maybe doesn't have the relationship with him is a good thing. Um, we, we viewed it all as a, as a positive last year with Brian Johnson and it, we, I think it worked the opposite way. So I, I think getting Kellen Moore in there is going to help him. I also think that he understands what he's looking at and that he wasn't as good as he was last year. And usually, like I said, in his history, when that's happened, when he's been counted out, he he comes back stronger. So I think he will come back stronger. Now, here's the thing. We're sitting here next year at the same time, and, and, and it's a very sort of similar year for him, which wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good enough. Then it's time for Eagles fans, fans to be panicking. You know, I like I'm never doing the Carson Wentz comparison because I think they're two totally different players and they 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 approach things very differently. But mm-hmm. in terms of a contract and a player maybe not playing up to that contract, that's when you should be worried. If it looks like this next year, we're I, I think we're we're a year away from that that panic mode that people absolutely absolutely. And also, you know, again, if we're going to be um, we're going to put it into perspective and be technical, right? You know, last year. Um, the 2023-2024 season was the last year of Jalen Hurts' rookie deal. That new contract kicks in this season. So in my humble opinion, the clock has officially started. Sure. The clock has officially started. You were able to knock out those rookie kinks on that rookie contract. You know, that that's that, that's how I gauge a lot of guys, right? Okay, you're still in a rookie deal? Okay, all right. I'm going to roll with that. Mm-hmm. Now, now, now that the money is flowing in, the big boy money? I'm going to start talking about you like a big boy. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm going I'm to start comparing you to guys 
you know, that are making the kind of money you're making. Because mm -hmm. when you make that kind of money, and you know, we talk a lot about the cat pits being friendly, and the cat pits are very friendly. Sure. But the but the fact of the matter is, when you make that kind of money, you're taking it from other places. And there's there's less room for error. Less room like for if, error. Yeah. You're taking the money from other places. Go ahead, Rock. No, I was just going to say, one of the reasons why San Francisco survived Trey Lance, that disaster, is because Brock Purdy had turned out to be the guy. But, he saved him. He saved him. Yeah, and he was the last guy taken. I'm I'm saying that because he's because of the money that he's making is nothing this year. So you can afford to take the hit that Lance was because your quarterback, who's the starter, isn't getting paid anything. But when your quarterback's getting paid with Jalen, and you're right, it is it is a, another really good Howie deal. But when you're paying your quarterback that much money, you got to get everything else right. Like you, you can't cut, there can't be corners cut anywhere else with mistakes. Listen to this. I'm, I'm about to blow your mind here. All right. So Brock Purdy was a rookie last year, right? He's 24 years old, so he's one. He's one of the. He's an older rookie. Yeah. Um. He signed a four-year, $3.73 million deal as a rookie, right? Yeah. That's an average salary of $934,000. Here's the real caveat, though. Guess how much of that do you think is guaranteed? Just guess. Uh, um, out, of, out of the $3 million, how much is guaranteed to you? $600,000. $77,000. they are on the hook for $77,000. They could cut him at any point, and they would they they can fart with that money. Seventy seven thousand dollars, and they're in the Super Bowl. So, Brock Purdy afforded them a lot of grace, you know. And and say, Brock Purdy saved John Lynch's and Kyle Shanahan's job. Let's just call it what it is, and they yep. know it. Yep. So, um, you know, with with Brock Purdy at quarterback, it affords them the luxury of building that roster. You know, when you pay your quarterback north of $50 million a season. The fact of the matter is you're not going to have that much cap flexibility. Cap flexibility. Now, again, no matter how friendly the cap hits are, you still owe him that money. Mm -hmm. So um, does Jalen Hurts' contract afford the Philadelphia Eagles more wiggle room than your average $50 million a year contract? Sure. But the bottom line is he's a $50 million a year quarterback, meaning that he's going to have to provide $50 million a year results. And when you give a guy that kind of money, you're taking resources from other from other places where you can probably allocate that money where you probably need it. So mm -hmm. when you pay a guy like that, you're paying him to cover up a lot of your issues. The clock has started for Jalen Hurts. It's time for you to start covering up for some issues for the Philadelphia. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Yep, for sure. All right, let, let, let's look at the Super Bowl here, Tone. Um, so we have the Chiefs and the Page and the uh, 49ers. Chiefs uh, are allowing 13 points per game. This postseason, they've been they've been excellent. The 49ers talked a lot about this last night. They realize that if they start slowly like they did against Green Bay and Detroit, they will not win this Super Bowl. And I'm not sure it's going to be close if that's the case. So they know they have to start faster as a team. Uh, for those of you wagering, the Chiefs are 5-0 and last five games against the spread. The 49ers are 1-4 and last five games against the spread, for whatever that's worth. Um so let, let, I want to give you some regular season numbers here real quick, and then we'll get into like Purdy and, and Mahomes and all that. But uh, the 49ers were third in points scored, third in rushing, and fourth in passing. Defensively, they were third in points allowed, third against the run, and 14th against the pass. Go to the Chiefs now. 15th in scoring. You're not going to be blown away by the Chiefs because you remember they had an up and down regular season. 
15th in scoring, 19th in running the ball, and 6th in passing. Defensively, this is where they're you know very good in terms of points allowed. 17.3 points per game, which is better than the 49ers. This is the number two and number three team in the NFL in scoring. Mm. They were 18th against the run and 4th against the pass. I'll tell you right now what my key for this game is if I'm the Niners. I am pounding Christian McCaffrey. Pounding him. Uh, it's not to say I'm not mixing in Elijah Mitchell, but I'm running the ball against the Chiefs. I think it's their one Achilles heel. They're very good against the pass. They're good at getting after the quarterback. Uh, there's not a ton of weaknesses on the 49ers defense, although I don't love their secondary. This is where I think they're going to be in trouble. I think Mahomes is going to be able to throw against them. So I think it's a throwing game for the Chiefs. I think it's a running game for the 49ers. What, what do you, how do you look at it earlier? No, I tend to agree with that. And, and you know, it begs the question, who do you think is going to be more successful? And I, I have a hard time. Again, I've been talking about this, and I've done it one too many times. I, I can't bet against that man, Patty Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I can't. But overall, I think it's going to be a hell of a matchup because you have two of the better defenses in the league. Um, both quarterbacks have been executing at a high level. Um, but I would like to think the better quarterback wins this game. And – I don't know, man. The Niners have kind of been hanging on by a thread in these playoffs, right? I mean, they've been getting the job done. Don't get it twisted. They've been getting the job done. But back-to-back weeks, they've been they've been pushed, mm-hmm. pushed to the brink. And I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I like my chances with I like my chances with the Kansas City Chiefs in this game. I think their defense is just better. And I think their quarterback's better. Um, I like I like what Travis Kelsey brings, obviously. You know, the Niners on offense, they're so lethal. Don't don't get me wrong. I know they're the favorite, but I have a hard time betting against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, uh, I, I would absolutely unequivocally concur. I would not go against Mahomes. I wouldn't go against Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid, for all of the – and we're going to talk about Andy Reid next segment, but for all of the um, sort of shortcomings that he had in big games with the Eagles, he's way past that. He's a way different yeah. coach now at this point. And Spagno, I mean, he look, say what you want about <laughs> – like just when yep. you think you got him figured out, he he throws a monkey wrench at you. Yeah, you know Spags what I mean. Is brilliant. Um, Spags is brilliant. Last year when the Philadelphia Eagles played them in the Super Bowl, they talked about how that run defense was lackluster and those and those DBs were young and they could be taken advantage of. And to an extent, the DBs were. But when it came to stopping the run, the Eagles couldn't run the ball at all. Yeah, you know, but you know, but they're running backs. Agree, right? Um, the only person that was able to get going was Jalen Hurts, and that was because he was making some magic happen. So. Um, last time I checked, Brock Purdy doesn't have that kind of athleticism. He can break one here and there, but you know, Brock Purdy is going to be stressed this game. And um Spagnola just knows what to do and 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 when to do it. Yeah, I agree. Let me give you one other thing that's pretty interesting. So Andy Reid said this last night. He he made note that Eric Bieniemy help them prepare for the Ravens. And I, I wouldn't surprise me one bit if they're they're utilizing him in some consultant role uh for this upcoming Super Bowl game against the Niners. So that, you know it's it's nice to have that little little card in your in your pocket that you can pull out too and use a guy Does like the he enemy. get a Super Bowl ring for that? <laughs> I I don't know would, would Fangio have gotten one for last year? <laughs> I don't know man. I don't know man he um listen that that's last time I checked that that uh that invoice said Novacare on it, didn't it? So, <laughs> so maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe it does. I hope it does for his sake. Um, but there are some real marquee matchups here. There's the, there's like the upper echelon, the elite 
Mahomes versus the, you know, Purdy who people don't want to give enough credit to and want to, want to always disparage. He's a game manager and this and that. And then there's, you, you talk about a tight end, you know, Kittle and, and, and Kelsey. And then the running back matchup is interesting. I know McCaffrey's more accomplished, but man, Pacheco is, is such a freaking beast. Underrated dude. He's an underrated yeah. guy, man. He's underrated, and I'm also curious how healthy is he. You know, he's been battling some things on the back end of the he's season. He's been battling a, a toe, and a toe is a very serious injury to a football player. Right, and right. In you sports, know, and, it's bad, but yeah. And, and, and he runs so violently. And obviously, Christian McCaffrey is the better running back. Um, I'll put it to you this way. If Christian McCaffrey can't get off, the Niners can't win this game. Right. That's yeah. I I I think I think he's the he's the kerosene to their flame. You know, if if he can't get off, they're not winning that game. I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent, man. If McCaffrey is that game, McCaffrey is 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 the whole game for them. McCaffrey gets going early, everything's going to feed off of it, and 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 the Niners are going to win this thing or be right in it till the very end. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, if this is a one dimensional thing, and you got Purdy back there, you know, kind of running for his life, I I think it's I think it's a long day for San Fran. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's gonna be, look. Either way, I do think it's gonna be an entertaining game. I mean, and we we talked about this a little bit yesterday because I think Eagles fans are a little damaged from the way that that, that the season went. Um, I think if you're tuning into this thing, you always do it, it with the Super Bowl. It's 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 a when the Eagles aren't playing, it's a it's a bigger picture kind of thing, and you're watching for halftime and, and you know commercials and all that other stuff. But I think if you really cut through all of it. This will be a good football game. Absolutely. I, I believe that. Absolutely. You know, we've been, you know, we've been blessed these past few years to have some really good Super Bowls. And I think this one won't disappoint either. Yeah, you know what? We have. We've been on a pretty good run. I mean, when was the last the the, the, the worst Super Bowl we've seen in previous history was that Rams Patriots Super Bowl. That was the oh, worst. Oh, yeah, one. that was awful. That was awful. Yeah. And it wasn't like a terrible blowout, but it just was like it was just awful. It was ugly. It was just it was awful. It was it was yeah. it was very it was very 1960s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, it, and that's where credit to the Patriots for getting back after the Eagles beat in the year before. But yeah, that was all that was bad. That was like I was honestly like flipping around <laughs> like I on a Super Bowl game. That's you know, it's bad. When, yeah. when you're going to those, uh, those yeah, but I, but outside of that, we had the Eagles one that was really good. Uh, Eagles yeah. and Eagles, um, well, the Eagles, Eagles last two games great. are having crazy, and, right? Right, and then then that Bengals, um, that Bengals, um, Rams one was really good. That was really entertaining. Um, you know, uh, yeah, man, we've been blessed. Mm-hmm. We've been blessed with some pretty good Super Bowls. All right, let me uh, let's get a timeout. We'll come back. We'll talk about Andy Reid um, and and look back at his Eagles years, look back at his years with the Chiefs and what this guy's accomplished. Because some people are starting to throw around the the retirement thing. So we'll we'll, we'll dig into that when we come back. We got our full blown NFL segment. An interesting name tone interviewed for the Cowboys DC job, which we'll talk about as well. All right, don't go anywhere. He's Tone. I'm Rob. Let's talk about Pro Action Restoration. Pro Action Restoration is the place that you turn to if you experience water fire, smoke, mold damage to a property that you may own uh, and you're not really sure who to turn to. The great thing is ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. So anytime in the middle of the night, anytime in the morning, on a holiday, on a weekend, they're around, they're available and they will be there and they will help you. Uh, I went through it and they worked in conjunction with my insurance company and we got everything straightened out and it was done in a timely fashion. It was done, the, the, the work, the quality of work 
was great and they fixed the problem that I had so it wouldn't occur again. Uh, the other great thing about uh, Pro Action Restoration is that they are licensed, bonded, and fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. So again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. We are Sports Take. Get you hanging with us. Let's hit the like button if you could. Friends, all right. Uh, Andy Reid. Andy Reid Tone um, is coaching the Chiefs in yet another Super Bowl here. Uh, he, has, he has gotten his team back. It would be the first time in 20 years uh, that a team has repeated. The last team to repeat was the 0405 
New England Patriots. Okay. Um, so looking back, oh, Dan's got Dan's got a fun fact here. Hold on, hold on a second. If McCaffrey wins the Super Bowl, he and his dad will be the only father-son Super Bowl winners, and also Shanahan wins it as a head coach. He and Mike are the only father-son. Oh, is, are, you're asking. Oh, if. Okay, sorry. Um, oh. That's a good question. Let me I'm think about that. Sure. All right. So as far as head coaches go, I have to believe. That might be the first. That they have to be the first. As far as uh, players, son. As far as players. I got to imagine that's happened before. Son. Yeah, I, I, I got to imagine that one's happened. Yeah. Um. Howie Long and Chris Long. Howie and Chris Long. Exactly right, Tone. Good call. But I do yeah. think the coaching one would be a first. I think Howie Long won a, won a Super Bowl, right? Howie did. Howie won, Howie won a Super Bowl. With the Raiders. 100%, 100% with the Raiders. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Howie yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, yeah. Chris Howie won, Chris, too. Long. Yep. Chris won one with the Patriots and then the Eagles in consecutive years, and Howie won with the Raiders. So that's yep. that's totally correct. Totally correct. Um, But good call there. Good call. All right. So um, Andy coaching. So let's look back at, at this thing here, Tone. So he's been a coach consecutively since 1999, which is in and of itself amazing with the toll that that job takes on you, the hours that you put in, you mm-hmm. know, the whole nine. So he was here from 99 to 2012, 14 years. Long time. That's, a, that's a long time. Be it somewhere. Is. He's the all-time wins leader. He's got a 609 win percentage. When he was an Eagle coach, 10 playoff wins, six NFC East championships, five um, trips to the NFC championship game. He was only one in four, and he got to a Super Bowl, which he lost to the Patriots. Okay. Now, it ends with a 4-12 and season. That's also, sadly, his son overdosed. We all, you know, know what happened there in training camp. Awful. Um you know, a lot of things really, really went poorly that year on on a lot of levels for him personally. Yeah, he, and professionally. he was dealing with family issues over over his last few years. It was just, you know, it was a lot. It, it was, was a lot. lot. So that, I, so that's what I want to. I wanted to kind of talk about this because what happens, what tends to happen, is sometimes there's revisionist history where people are like, "Oh, the Eagles and their fans just ran Andy Reid out of town, and Jeffrey Lurie made a big mistake." I'm not one who believes that. I, I, I don't think it's that simple. I agree with you. I don't think it's that simple. Yeah, like I think the message started to get stale. Uh, by his own admission, he he got tired of wearing both hats with you know being the number one personnel guy and the coach. He had a lot of stuff. I think he needed to change of scenery. Like there was a lack of just, focus too. There was a lack of focus. I mean, and, and can you blame him? You no. know, there were there was so much going on on the back end of that situation. I think everybody needed a fresh start. I yeah. really and, and life works out that way, right? You know what I, I mean? It, 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 it's easy to say, man. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid, Eagles. It's so easy to say that, but overall, it's way more intricate and there's a human element involved in this thing and you know i think that man needed to completely cut ties to just turn the page new city new team new location you know what i mean it's some that happens in real life you know what i mean people go through trauma in real life and then they just need a, a change of scenery to reinvigorate themselves and you know re you know revitalize themselves and remind themselves of who they are and um just just learn more about themselves. It's it, it, it was a lot that happened on the back end of that situation. And um, I can't blame Andy Reid for leaving. I can't blame the Eagles for wanting to move on. Yeah. Um, I think I think both parties needed to just um find See out the who they people. were outside of each other. Yeah. See other people, right? Uh, um, 
Actually, Kevin, the TO timeline was a little bit earlier. TO was 0405 when that imploded. You know, Andy's last year year here was 12. I think if that's if that's the question you're asking. So it was it was it was before that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. He, if you're asking if the timeline was when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl and then lost the next year, yes. I lost and had a bad year the next year in 05. Yes, that was 100 percent TO time. But but here's the thing. I, I, you know, I think that if you look back, it basically he's here for 14 years. He wins six NFC Easts. He gets him the five NFC championship games in the sort. I, I mean, he, he was a, a, a hell of a winner as a coach, but he just couldn't get over the top. And you sent me a very interesting piece from Asante Samuel, what he had to say. Asante's never one to, to bite his tongue, man. That, that, that's At all. Um, but one of the things that Asante said, and I'll, I'll make sure I'm, I'm quoting him uh, properly here. So what, one of the things he said uh, on the podcast that he was on, and he was on with, uh, who was he on with? Char- Charles uh, Marinin, I think. Is, is that how you say the guy's name? I don't know. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but I think, it, I think it's Asante's podcast. Okay. Um, Asante's yeah, yeah. podcast. He said, quote, Andy Reid would have won more Super Bowls if we were able to apply more discipline to Donovan McNabb. Uh, and, and he was speaking specifically on how practices were run and some of the off the field things regarding Donovan that maybe Andy let him them slot stuff or, or Donovan needed to be more locked in, you know, whatever. Um, I don't, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, I always thought, I never thought Donovan was at his best in the big game either. Like I think Andy definitely deserves blame. I don't think the time management was good in that Super Bowl against the Patriots when they lost, uh, I don't think Donovan was at his best. I think he had three yeah. picks in that game. I always felt like Donovan was treated with kid gloves in his organization. I really, I, I always believed that, you know, he yeah. was, he, he was, he was crowned early, you know, the chunky soup commercials, all that kind of stuff. He, he, he was crowned very early. And, um, I don't know, man, look, what stands out to me about what Asante uh, Samuel said is when he mentioned how, you know, two, he would hear, stories about McNabb being out partying and meanwhile everybody else is like trying to be locked in for the game um and Asante's perspective was I come from I come from working with Tom Brady right I only know one way to quarterback the position right when I when I hear and see McNabb moving the way he's moving I'm like okay I'm not used to that so and then another thing about how Asante you know he mentioned how you know he tried to get the note down he said hey you know I'm new here my wife, you know, you know, she's trying, you know, uh, hey, where does your wife get her? Then my wife, you know, you know, you got a black wife, I got a black wife, you know, let's um let's kind of you know build a bridge here. Um, you know, where does your wife get her hair done? Maybe my wife can get her hair done there. You know, we're new to the city, we're trying to figure some things out. And he kind of felt like Donovan just, you know, curved him. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And um, and again, this is the first time that we've heard about how Donovan McNabb, you know, moved. You know, Deshaun Jackson doesn't really have anything really positive to say about him. I mean, the rumor was he hated on Deshaun Jackson for, you know, for being the first player in NFL history to secure two Pro Bowl spots at two different positions at the same year. Yeah. Um, You know, obviously we know what T.O. says about him. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't even. <laughs> right, we don't need to go there. Oh. But but overall, uh, Donovan McNabb's arc in Philadelphia um, does not come without its – ups and his downs and you know it clearly in my opinion there was a lot of friction sure. because a lot of people just felt like he you know to sum it all up he didn't you know he didn't think his you know what stinked you i know? know yeah i hear you I, and that's all that's all fair but but so that all you know that all plays into it and i think the the thought process um you know with andy um 
two playoff wins. Reed was 40, 28, no, his last four years in Philly before that last year for, and they fired him. Yeah, but it wasn't just that, Dan. Um, two playoff wins. They, they were one and four in NFC championship games. Um, he was burned out. There was a lot going on off the field, as we mentioned as well. And it, it wasn't a spur of the moment thing. It, it, if you go back, I'd have to pull up all of his years uh, with the Eagles. I believe the year be two years before 12 or 10 was good uh, with Vic. And then they got bounced early. He did sort of the Cobb thing, which didn't really yeah. work. There were, there were also, a lot of Juan think, Castillo desperation, making yeah. him a defensive coordinator. There's a lot of things that went and, south. And also the implication that he was just fired isn't is, is really accurate. I believe both parties. It was a mutual needed. parting of the ways. I think it was one of those things that both parties were. Yeah, I think, I think it's time we part ways. You know what I mean? And again, with so much going on in his personal life, he was clearly distracted. Yeah. He was clearly distracted. And again, all things aren't meant to last forever. You know, it's, again, like I said, it's, it's easy for us to say, well, he's doing this now. You know, Mahomes is a hell of a wild card. Yeah. You know, and Andy Reid has gotten better as a head coach, I believe. I believe he's gotten significantly better as a head coach. You know, one of the biggest knocks on Andy Reid was his in-game decision-making, and that and that permeated through his entire time in Philadelphia. So, yeah, he's way you, know, you, know, you know, revisionist history is... You know, we, 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 we can't play that game. Well, I mean, look, the, the last two years, okay, I'm looking at it now. He goes uh, 12 and 20. Doesn't make the playoff playoffs either year. Final game of the season, the team that completely quit on him and, and lost 42 to 7. It, it looked like this year, frankly, right? It had that kind of feel, although the record was way better this year. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it, it, it wasn't a good look. Um, and I, I truly believe, like you just said, that he was ready for a change of scene too. Now, to his he credit, has so much trauma attached to Philadelphia. He did. He has so much trauma sons, attached to the city. Both know, sons died. One both died. Sons died right? One, one, one did jail time. Both did right, jail one time. Died, we, one right. died of a heroin overdose at training camp when he was working with the team. I told him I was up there that day. Okay. I, I was up there for, I was doing, I did a show for WIP that day. It was uh, it was awful, yeah, awful, as you can imagine. Um, yeah, yeah. So again, so, I don't think it. I, I don't think it's that simple to just say we fired him. Nah, it's not that simple, man. So to his credit, you know, he's had to work for five minutes. The Chiefs hire him, and he's been incredible. He really is. I, I, I think he having Brett Veach there, not having to 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 make personnel decisions, has helped him. Brett Veach came over from the Eagles uh, it, with his it, during his tenure there. He's gone 128, excuse me, 128 and 51, which is a 715 win percentage. He's won two Super Bowls. He's gone to six straight NFC uh, conference title games, um, you know, which is nothing short of incredible. He's he could possibly win his third in his last four. Yeah. And on top of it, the smartest move that he and Brett Beach made, and Andy really pushed for this one, they traded up to get Mahomes. When a lot of people thought Mahomes was a guy with crazy potential, but he's really raw. He's really sort of unharnessed. And, you know, as much as, and I will will tell you about it later, Mahomes praised Cliff Kingsbury. A lot of people didn't think Kingsbury got the most out of him. But what Andy did did that was smart was he let Mahomes sit. He didn't throw him right in there. And he let him learn how to be a pro. And Alex Smith, who who took him under his wing and and was happy Mm -hmm. to, you know, credit to him, he, 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 you know, he did that. But whatever. I mean, and the the reason that worked is because Alex knew, like, they, they, they kept Alex in the loop. 
You know what I mean? That's the that's the one of the main reasons that thing worked, right? That's true. It doesn't work if you got a guy and Alex Smith being combative and not being supportive. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. So I think Alex Smith knew the right was on the wall and he bought into the situation. And, you know, here we are. And look, again, Andy Reid is a tremendous head coach. Um, There's nothing more to say about him. He's tremendous. He's great. He's spectacular. You know, you know, is it, you know, can I sit here and say how the Eagles screwed up? Look, man, he had five shots at it. Couldn't deliver. What, yep. what, what do you what do you want? Like he had it five shots. Time. At it. it was time to move on. It's as simple as that. It's okay. It's okay. Just because the guy had great success has, is having great success here. There, excuse me. It doesn't mean it would have. You know, it, it sometimes things run their course, and it's time for a change of scene. It's that simple. And I think that's what it is. And that's okay. It's okay. It doesn't have. You don't have to finger point all the time. Uh, you know, and blame somebody. But he's really. And, it, was, and again, he had five shots at. Back to back to back to back to back. Listen, one in four in NFC Championship games. Come on, man. Oh, and one in the Super Bowl. You can't overlook that. And Tone, three of those losses were at home. Three of those losses were at home. So now, but I think he's also, to his credit, he's gotten better. He's evolved. He has gotten better. Coach. He has. He you has. You got to acknowledge he that. He's so innovative with the offense with Mahomes, not afraid to, to borrow concepts from college where, mm. where NFL coaches before were like, we don't do that. Look, they're, they're looking down at, you know, down their nose at that kind of stuff. And he doesn't do that. He utilizes what works best for Patrick Mahomes in that offense. I think about what they did last year. They traded away Tyreek Hill and won a Super Bowl. They might win two straight after tra trading away the most dangerous weapon, maybe in, in, in the sport to their credit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And look, you know, just think about it in any other instance, right? If someone, if you, if you have someone close to you or you're in business, right? Yeah. Um, um, no one's denying that. But um, when it comes to Andy Reid, right? And let's just think, let's just try to draw a correlation in business in life. In life, you have somebody around you, somebody that works for you. They're talented. They're smart. You know, you 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 know they're very capable. And they got five. You know, they give you. They got five shots. To, it's something big coming up, and they got five shots to get it right, and they keep dropping the ball one time, two times, three times, four times, five times, and then all of a sudden things are happening off the field. At what at what point do you say, look, you're great, you're talented, and I know you're a great coach, but maybe you can't get it done here. Maybe, maybe you need to go somewhere else, you know, to uh, fulfill your destiny, right? Um, there's so many situations in sports where uh, a player – um, or a coach got a you know accomplished a lot in one place, but there was always a cap. They couldn't break that ceiling. Yeah. But then they go somewhere else, and all of a sudden, you know. So circumstances matter. Um, it's not as simple as Eagles let go of a Hall of Fame head. It's not. It's not that simple. Um, I'm I'm, I'm happy for Andy Reid. Um, he's in another Super Bowl. Uh, his legacy has been fulfilled. Um. It is what it is. It yeah, is what it I, is. I man. just think I, I think it's we've all. I, I, I would guess a lot of us have probably been in situations where it's run its course. Whether that's a relationship, you know, with with a with a person that you're dating, whether that's a workplace environment, whether it's uh, something else, you know, whatever. And you get to a point where you're like, you know what? I, I don't hate this person. I'm going to move on. It's going to be better for both parties and, and let's go do our things. And both people end up having very happy 
uh, existences when you, when you move on or whatever. And I think that's exactly what this is. I mean, you think about like, like Lori, just to give you no, I'll give you a great example. When the Eagles were, were looking for a coach after the, after Chip Kelly, they consulted with Andy Reid. Andy Reid advised them on Doug Peterson. What does that tell you? How often does that kind of thing happen? Yeah, Where the guy you fired in the last coaching cycle is mm-hmm. is, is you're you're consulting basically with. That's crazy. Yeah, the, yeah, the relationship clearly is still intact. They just both knew that, that just goes to tell you that it was mutual. You know, you yeah. know, the, you know, you know, the letting go was mutual. The relationship has not soured. Both parties just realized. I think I think we max this thing out here. It's 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 all right. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. I agree with you. But anyway, what what they're attempting to do here is interesting. And then you go to the flip side of this thing. You get Kyle Shanahan, who, when he was a coordinator um, in Atlanta, oh, they yeah. had one of the all-time collapses, right? All-time. And then, you know, he played in a very close Super Bowl against Andy Reid just four years ago. They were up 10 in the, in the fourth quarter. And they, and they lost. Again. So he's in a position, and I'm not saying it's similar to Reed. He's he's a lot younger than Andy was from what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. But he's in a spot that if he wins it this year, he can erase like that Atlanta thing. Bye bye. We, we forget it easily. Four years ago, whatever, and, and, you know, and he's doing it with a quarterback that most people didn't think could take a team to a Super Bowl. He mm-hmm. gets all of a sudden he's in a different conversation if he can win this one this year. It's it's a massive game for this guy. Absolutely. And, you know, he can, like you said, he can exercise all those demons that's, been, that's kind of hanging over his head. A guy who blows games, blows leads in fourth quarters and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's going to be a hell of a Super Bowl, Rob. I really do. You know, even though, um, you know, we talked about, how, you know, where are we in terms of like the energy of it? It's starting to grow for me. I'm with you. The, I, flame, I, the flame is starting to be stoked. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was too. I think it's always tough. Yeah. The bye week is just like, oh. Get me through this, and once you get to like Wednesday, then you can see it in the distance. You're, you're, you're like, okay, I all right. Now, as I get closer, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then I think you know Saturday, you really start to get on mm-hmm. board. But I think the, I think today's the I, I think they, they call something in, in they call it in golf moving day. This is moving day today. I think mm. for a lot of people, so I, okay. I think they're they're kind of getting to that point too. But yeah, and I also just think that I mean, if we're being honest, got the two best teams. I know Baltimore played the best in terms of record, but I think I think you got the two best teams in football playing one another. We do, and that's how it's supposed to be. That's how it was last year. The two best teams in football were in the game, and, you know. And, and and that's you know, they're last year both number both number one seeds were in the Super Bowl. That's how that's how it's supposed to be, right? Um, this year the Chiefs were the fourth seed. Well, look at the, that's the other thing too, Tone. Let's just look at this year with them. Their uh, road, their path. So they beat Miami at their place, but then they go on the road, beat Buffalo, Buffalo, who would, who had been as hot as anybody, you know, over the last four or five games, beat the Ravens at M and T. Right. How? Yeah. I, I mean, it, that's the thing. If they end up winning this and it also, this is the other part that if you're an Eagles fan, you're like, what happened? They were equally as inept and kind of lost at, at, at moments during their season as the Eagles were. Like, they looked bad. They hit some bad stretches. I mean, the Eagles beat them. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. There were definitely moments. See, the difference is the 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 Chiefs, their issues were sprinkled. Like, the Chiefs' issues yes. plagued them all year, 
but they managed to overcome it and they were well coached throughout and you know they had their losses were sprinkled in yeah the eagles like, they just oof, collapsed and yep. couldn't find an answer and that's the main difference between those two teams and coaching staffs one coaching staff were problem solvers and another, and another coaching staff couldn't find answers. They made it worse. It, it got compounded. I, I think the low point for the Chiefs was they came out of their bye. They lost to the Eagles. They did beat the Raiders, but then they lost the next two weeks. Green Bay. Green Bay. And I Buffalo. think that was a low point. I think that was the right. low point. So they're right then they're eight and five, and you're like, oh, maybe they maybe they're having the Super Bowl hangover too, right? And and they're not going to be the same team that anybody. And then, so what, what What happens after that is, yes, they did have one more loss to, to Vegas, which wasn't a good loss on Christmas. But, but they made adjustments. They made adjustments. Remember they lost to Denver, too? That was a bad loss for them, too. They yeah. made adjustments. But you then, saw them making adjustments. Yeah, and and they and, and you they the one thing that they did have for the most part all season was a good defense, too, that they yes. could always hang their hat on. It was more like the offense and getting Patrick Mahomes and getting – you know, getting them, Rasheed Rice really took off for them, mm-hmm. which was big. Pacheco started kind of. Travis Kelsey him. was a little flat throughout the season, but he, you know, figured it out on the back end. Yeah. The bottom line is they became problem solvers, and the Eagles didn't have any problem solvers in it. But it's really that simple. Yeah. Whatever. Both teams had issues. One team overcame, the other team wilted. Don't you think that's also something? That Howie, a, I think he's got to look at himself, but but Howie and Jeffrey Lurie have to look at and say, okay, why, like why, why did this? Why was there nobody there that could stop the bleeding here? Why why couldn't Nick do that? Why couldn't the coordinators do that? Why couldn't, why couldn't the, the quarterback? Yeah. Why couldn't the quarterback do that? We have to make sure that the people that are still here in the building know how to fix things if it if it because you're inevitable at, in any sporting season. I don't care if it's baseball. Look at the Phillies. Started off like garbage again this year and and they didn't wilt. They turned it around and they got on a crazy run, right? You're gonna have those kind of things in sports. Why we, we what why did we not have the fortitude to be able to figure that out? Right. The the Niners went through a three game lull. Granted they went through injuries, but still they couldn't overcome it. Then they figured it out. They made adjustments. They made them, you know, they tweaked what they were doing. Guys got healthier. You know, they became problem solvers. The NFL, the NFL was all about solving problems. Every week, every day, you yeah. things are going to come across your table. Can you solve the problem? Can you solve the problem? Injuries are going to happen. Um, things are going to go your way. Teams are going to teams are going to catch up to what you're doing. Can you solve the problem? And that's my biggest indictment on Nick Sirianni. And that's why um I didn't have him ranked as highly as as, as probably some people felt like he should have been in terms of the NFC East um, coaches. He wasn't a problem solver. You know what I mean? In 2022, he didn't run into any real problems. In 2021, the problems he ran into, he lost play calling duties. I mean, yeah, yeah. So it's like, like, let's, let's, as a matter of fact, that's, that might be a whole other topic that we might be, might be able to carry over into the uh, the next segment. Sure. What problems has Nick Sirianni solved since being here? As the head coach of a football team, you have to solve issues. You have to make adjustments. What thing can we point to and say, okay, I liked what he did there in this situation because it led to this? What what problems did he solve? Well, I'll get all right. Well, so it depends how you look at this. So if if he realized I'm not doing this team justice by calling plays, I need to be able to to jump around in his first year and gave it up. That's a problem solving move, in my opinion. Okay. Steichen takes it over. <clears throat> and the offense got better for it. That you know, that's a even though it's a weird thing, you sort of taking yourself out of it. But you you had to have the the 
overview to be able to take yourself out of it. So I think that's something. Um, the only problem is we just don't know some things that happened in game. Like, because last year they killed everybody. It felt like actually you might, might say we saw some of this starting in the Super Bowl. You're up 10 at the half and you mm -hmm. lose. Did we start to see it there? And then the next year they were doing things that you had no business winning, but they were still winning with. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it started there. You know, it started to really fall apart. So if you want to be scared about something, be a little scared about that. You know, he's not a problem. He doesn't have enough. He doesn't have a proven chart record, in my opinion, of solving issues. Yeah. And that's why they've, they've installed a bunch of babysitters in the room for him. Yeah. That, you know, and that's just my perspective. You know, it, it may be blasphemous. It may be a little brazen. No. But the reality is they put in some babysitters in the building to make sure to make, to make to make sure he doesn't fail. I think what you say. They need to he needs to prove you otherwise until, you know, in, until he does. That's always going to be out there. Right. And look, that's, and look, that's my opinion. You know, I want to make sure that's my opinion and no one ties that with Rob. That's my opinion. No, it's it's um, fair. It's fair. You know, yeah, I hear you. OK, good point, though. Good point. Uh, good stuff there in that segment. Let's come back. Let's talk some NFL. There's some there's some there's some names out there that are being interviewed for jobs. Uh, right. Just say that uh, and we'll, we'll dig into a bunch of other stuff that we have uh, coming back. And, and so I think you and I might be suiting up for the Sixers tonight. Uh, let's just do that right now. As a matter of fact, you, you want to hear who's who's eligible to play right now or, or who's out? Let's do who's out. Yeah, who's out. Yeah. Embiid is out. Batum is out. Covington is out. Melton is out. Maxi is questionable. House is questionable. Morris is questionable. So right now, you're looking at a lineup uh, that, of guys that are available. Paul Reed. Tobias Harris, Kelly Oubre, Pat Bev, Springer, KJ Martin, Mo Bamba, Furkan Korkmaz, Ricky Council the Fourth, and 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 Turk. That, that's about it. Hey, they better call Jamiro Nelson in the uh, Delaware Blue Coats. <laughs> they better get on the line. Maybe Elton Brand's got a got a quarter left in him. <laughs> Lord have mercy, man. The Sixers are just. Uh, I, I got you, man. I got you. All right. So may, uh, maybe, maybe some of those guys who have illnesses, maybe they're getting traded. Maybe. Think about it. It's a possibility. Right. Let's get time out. We'll come back. We'll uh, continue with our NFL segment when we return. Don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields and Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. All right, we'll talk right now about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, they're an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will remove or uh, or trim down any unwanted trees on your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face, and they're experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610 850-2848, 610-850-2848. Or you can reach them online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Once again, Tone, Rob, hanging out with you. All right, let, let's hit the NFL here, Tone, because there's a couple of, couple of crazy stories here. Um, one, Chip Kelly, our old pal, our old buddy. Uh, chipper. He, the chipper. He interviewed for the Seahawks offensive coordinator position. Now, he has been making a push. Uh, a lot of people theorize that he's had enough of the college football uh, scene with NIL and transfer portal and, and all that good stuff. And he desperately wants to get back to the pro game and he, his name was floated. Really? It started about, a, you know, three weeks ago, whatever, but he did interview for the job with the Seahawks, which is still open. Uh, there aren't many openings for, for coordinator positions, but that is one. So, you know, we'll see. Some people have talked about Eric B enemy may be going there as well, but he, Chip Kelly is one of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't see it, man. I don't see it. <laughs> like he yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, and look, that's not to say he's not good at what he does. Is you know, it's just I know has because it's funny. It's like, it's almost like the NFL is like closer to what he was trying to do now than they were back then. You know, obviously he was a maverick and you know and all that kind of stuff. And it was I don't think the NFL was quite ready for his style, but now it seems like the NFL was kind of doing exactly what you know he was trying to do all along. Um, he may fit just where he may fit right in. But also, again, it all depends on you know what direction the Seahawks want to go in. I'm I'll be really interested if he, if he did get a gig. 
how different he would approach things. Like he was with the tempo and everything. It, it wore down his offensive linemen. You know, it, it, it just it, teams figured it out as time went on. I wonder what adjustments and corrections he'll make if he gets an opportunity at the NFL level. Uh, that that to part to me at least would be intriguing. I think it's appealing to him because he wouldn't have to deal with all the noise that you have to deal with as a head coach, as a coordinator. Um, but that I would at least I'm going to put it this way: as much as I'm down on him, there is a curiosity there for me. If, if yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious too to see how, you know how it pans out. You know, so whatever, you know whatever happens happens. But I'm definitely curious. I'm definitely while I'm watching this thing unfold. All right. The other one is Rex Ryan. Uh, Rex Ryan interviewed for the Cowboys DC job. I mean, I find him to be the ultimate blowhard. Like I, I cannot freaking stand him. I would, I, it would be perfect for him to go to the Cowboys actually. So I could further root against him. Oh man. That's funny. Uh, Rex Ryan, man. He's, um, he's a strange bird. And uh, you're right. It would definitely give me more reason to root against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but he's been out of the game for so how how long has it been since he's his last stop was Buffalo, right? That was his last stop, right? Buffalo, sixteen, something like that. Yeah, I think it it's was like, like sixteen. It's been like seven years. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm willing to bet on the, bet on the guy who's been out of the loop. Let me not say out of the loop. The guy who's been out of the game, coaching. For the past seven years, I don't know if I want to bet on that. I'm not. I'm not denying his mind. I'm not denying his his experience. But seven years removed, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's something that I'm really to bet on. Yeah, uh, I. It doesn't feel like it's going to happen. But 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 who knows? Uh, Jerry's a weird dude. You never know what Jerry Jones, you know, is going to do from time to time. So. Yeah, we shall see. All right, former Eagles quarterback coach Alex Taney, uh, Taney is going to be joining the Colts as a passing game uh, coach, coordinator, whatever. Not the offensive coordinator, but he's going to be in charge of the, uh, you know, helping with the passing game. So, so he's joined- joining Shane Steichen's staff. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. That tells me Shane Steichen believes he has something to offer. Oh, for sure. No, for sure. You know, I don't, if you're, think about this. If you're, if you're Alex Taney, right. And you had the whole spectrum of Brian Johnson and Nick and, and whatever that disconnect is. Like, I don't know how much he could have done. I'm I, I'm not trying to say that he didn't, he wasn't at, at fault for some of the issues, but like, yeah. Alex Taney is, is not even second, third, fourth or fifth on my, Main, list of people that I'm so I mean we all know a lot of people on this staff were scapegoated because of the shortcomings of Nick Sirianni we all know that yeah um and, and he might all, be example one of it you know yeah and, he, and he's and he's definitely an example he's he definitely was one of the examples um Brian Johnson was also another example remember all year we kept hearing Nick Sirianni say this is my offense don't blame Brian don't blame Brian okay all right be careful what you say mm-hmm. and um Ironically enough, it led to Brian Johnson's undoing and not Nick Sirianni's. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that one, one to keep. I'll be very curious too. So did any did did Johnson and, and Desai still haven't landed anywhere, right? We've heard that they interviewed places, but they haven't officially landed anywhere, right? Correct. They haven't landed anywhere yet. 
They're both curious cases because Brian Johnson was highly sought after. He would have gotten an offensive coordinator job last year had the Eagles not elevated him. He's also interviewed for head coaching jobs this year. Desai, I think almost because everything went so badly for the Eagles defensively when Patricia took over, almost looks like, but, but then again, you're hearing stuff come out from players that said he was very stubborn and unwilling to even listen to anything. Do you think either one of those guys surfaced this year in roles? Mm. What jobs are available? I mean, I, I don't getting... mean as a coordinator. I mean, like, you know, the side might end up being a defensive line coach or a secondary coach, and Johnson might be a quarterback's coach for a year before he gets another opportunity. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing both out. guys. Both guys are very young. Um, still still in the infancy of their NFL careers. Right. Um, even if they do take a step back and have to go back to being position coaches, you know, go back to the drawing board. Um, figure out what went wrong and try again. That's all you know, that's all you can do. Um, I think Brian Johnson has a chat has a higher chance of landing landing somewhere than Sean Desai was. That defense yeah. was so bad. Um, it's gonna be he he has to answer for that. Granted, I believe their issues were more personal related, but um he has to answer for that. Brian Johnson, because Nick Sirianni took so many bullets for him, I would like to think he has a better chance of getting the job. All right. Well, we'll see. We we shall see where those guys uh, those guys end up. All right, a couple other things here. Jesse Minter, who was the defensive coordinator with the Michigan Wolverines with Jim Harbaugh, will come over with him to the Chargers as the defensive coordinator. This was the worst kept secret. Everybody knew this was happening. Uh, Greg Roman will be named the offensive coordinator uh, for the Chargers. He worked with Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco and Stanford. Uh, so there's a lot of familiarity with those two guys. Um, uh, mentor is tone. You want to, you want to watch for a guy who's going to be on the fast track. If the chargers have a good year defensively this year, he'll be a head coach next year. He's he's that highly thought of. Um, so he'll, he'll be a quick mover up the, up the ladder, uh, for sure. His dad's been a long time coach in, in the, uh, in, in college in the NFL. Cowboys also interviewed Mike Zimmer for the mm. DC job. I think that yeah, feels my, a little bit more realistic than than yeah yeah that's yeah, that's way more realistic than uh than Rex Ryan um you know Mike Zimmer you know he took some time away from the NFL he worked with Dion at Jackson State a little bit um you know he was just relaxing um now he, now he's trying to get back into the NFL game you know Mike Zimmer you know he he's a smart dude on defense oh yeah you know? he's a good um, defensive mind yeah a lot of people just felt like the rape um the Vikings were just too defensive centric and it held them back on offense I think that's why he got axed out of there. But Mike Zimmer is a good coach, um, and I could definitely see him landing in Dallas. Mm -hmm. All right, how about this one? So Boomer Esiason reported that Bill Belichick actually turned down the Falcons' job. Not the other way around. Not that they weren't interested. He's claiming Belichick turned it down. Mm. I, I haven't heard that from anybody else. Right. And, you know, what, you know, what does Boomer have to gain? By putting something out out like that, right? No, so I would like to part of if I'm if, if I'm being verbal myself, I feel like I believe Boomer. I feel like I believe Boomer Sizing because Bill Belichick, you know, we we know it's it's a combination of you know money, control, all that kind of stuff. And look, Bill Belichick doesn't need the job. He can he can get any job he really wants for the most part. He's you know you know the. the I didn't like the way the narrators the narrative was being put out put out there that Bill Belichick is just this 
you know, this uncompromising dude that um, he needs a job and, you know, the league is moving past him. I'm not buying that at all. Yeah. You know, I just feel like, um, you know, when you hire Bill Belichick, you got to take on that contract or offset it. I don't know. I don't know how the business works, but he's still getting paid from New England. So that would, they would have to figure that out. And also, um, you know, he would want more control over, you know, how the, you know, who plays, who doesn't play, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, some organizations aren't aren't willing to, you know, give that up, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're, you know, we're transitioning into this NFL where these coaches or these organizations are hiring young guys that can be more so handled rather than these guys with experience and proven track records. Um, you're seeing a lot more of the separation of powers between head coach and personnel now. You know, they're hiring these young hotshot guys. And I actually think that's why some of the guys like um, – Oh, what's our guy, uh, Ben Johnson and, um, you know, Gerard Johnson. Yep. And um, what's the guy from Houston as well? I forget his name. Slowick. Slowick. I, I believe I believe all those guys, you know, they could have got any job they wanted. But I think they pulled out because they felt like those organizations weren't going to give them either the money that's going to be worth their while or they weren't going to give them the level of control that matches that kind of money. And I, and I feel like a lot of these new coaches are looking at it like this. You're not going to bring me into a situation or hire me into a situation where I have no real control over um, my personnel. And then you're going to try to hold me accountable as if I do. You know what I mean? A lot of these teams are projects. They got a lot of things to fix. And I'm not going to take a job where you're going to scapegoat me three years from, you know, three years from now. Well, I think it takes guts to do. I can can respect that. No, uh, no. Listen here. I I agree with you. I, I think it takes guts to do it. I just hope for those guys, for their sake. That the, that the cycle comes around and they get another chance. Cause I, I, I hate to see them, you know, go down like the Byron Leftwich route where it's like, where, yeah. where is he now? That was the only, that'd be the only thing that I would worry about. Like I granted, if you feel like you're stepping into an untenable situation, don't do it to yourself, you know, don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just hope, I hope you're seeing everything, you know, uh, through that prism. Cause you're at the mercy of things you can't control, unfortunately in, in, in sports. You are. You, you, if you're if you if your quarterback gets hurt, you, you're working under a crappy owner or or a bad coach or what? You know, I mean, I don't think that's the case in Detroit or anything or Houston. I think, in fact, I think it's the opposite. But mm-hmm. still, it's it's right. Both you know, organizations are on the come up. They're promising. Um, both organizations have quarterbacks that they believe in right now. Yeah. Why you know why move on from a situation like that where you're thriving in it for a situation where you're not fully all in? You know if. If there's even a glimmer of hesitancy, don't take the job because right. you're because you because although the money may clear, you may you may have regrets. And that's the last thing. The, the last thing you want to do is be crying in a Ferrari, man. It's the last thing you want. <laughs> uh, back to Belichick. Do you think he will ever coach in the be a head coach in the NFL again? I do. I do. Because this is because next year there's going to be a I think there's going to be some jobs um, that, that's out there. Um you know, I can't. I can't think off the top of my head right now, but I, I think he will be a head coach again. To answer your question plainly, okay. uh, I do believe he will. I do too. I, I think Vrabel. I think he and Vrabel are coaching somewhere next year. In my opinion, I, that Vrabel story about yeah, Vrabel—that's a no-brainer. But I, I think yeah, Belichick too. But but like when you told me that story yesterday about he's too Vrabel big. and he's too he's too large of a human. Like we've gotten to the point where it's it's getting absurd now. Like if, if we're going there, that yeah. speaks to that speaks more to my point. These organizations want so much control over these situations and they refuse to they refuse to bring in someone who has any real voice any real stature to them any real confidence about them these organizations 
You want soft. some meek little guy who's just going to agree with everything. And, and listen, you know, hiring Mike Vrabel, he he ain't giving you that. Look, I don't mean no disrespect. Yeah. But these, but the league, these co these these organizations, they want guys that look like Mike McDaniel. Right. They want they meek, want these meek. they want these meek looking nerdy looking guys coaching their teams because they're controllable. Yep. They're smart and they know the game, but they're controllable. I know what you mean. And, no, and that's and, and that's exactly what this is. Well, you know where the league is trending. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, this is a this is a tough one for the Patriots or for the geez, the Patriots, the Chiefs. If Joe Tony can't go, um, that that San Fran defensive line could could eat, you know. And, and we know they've been able to overcome it in the playoffs so far, but that's a big loss. Uh, you know, one of the better guards in the NFL. And so Andy Reid said he's a real long shot to play. He still hasn't practiced yet, so that's uh, yeah, not man. A good um, not a good that sucks, man. Pro Bowl, a Pro Bowl level player, yeah. And then Patrick Mahomes is going to have to go up against that D line with Javon Hargrave, uh, Eric Armstead, Bosa, Bosa Young. Yeah. You yep. know they got that linebacker room. It's, listen, if anybody yeah. can overcome it, it's, it's Patty. That's it's Nick sure. Neck Patty Whack. <laughs> um. Giants reportedly will not franchise tag Saquon. I I think we've seen the last of him in New York. Of course, I think he's going I, elsewhere. I, I I couldn't agree with you more. I'm surprised his market. Have you seen his market value lately? His market value was like close to 10 million. Yeah, a year, and it's I, a little more than he got last year. Um, no, I think last year he they gave him 10. Right, last year they gave him 10, didn't they? Well, he they got, yeah, he, he they gave him that little that less little than a million dollar you know, bump or whatever, but yeah. Right, right. But you know, his market value is around that number still. And kind of shocked about that. His market value was astronomically higher than Derrick Henry's. Derrick Henry's market value is like 4.8 million. Uh, that's all. Is it really? That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Believe it or not. Four point. Like I, I know he's 30, but in my opinion, he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, that is. I guess that's an anticipation of him wear and tear starting to to go the wrong way, man. Yeah, and he he just turned thirty, so I think that's that's the caveat. Did you know <laughs> DeAndre Swift's market value was higher than Derrick Henry's? Wow, that that, that alone tells me it's age related. It's got to be age related, yeah, and and mileage. There's a like Derrick Henry. That's a lot of carries, man. That's right, a lot of carries, but, and when it goes to running backs, it goes. Right. You know, but if I'm bringing a guy like Derrick Henry in, I'm not asking him to run the ball 200 times. Give me about 150, 170 reps. You know what I mean? Have a guy behind him that rotates. You know, I want him to be my goal line guy, you know, my shirt guards guy. You know, he's going to be he's a tremendous pass blocker. Oh, no question. You know, um, and look, look at it like this, too. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles, when it comes to the running back room, remember, they let Miles Sanders walk in. How much did he get? Six point five million per year. Right. From from Carolina. And. What made it so fascinating was because the Eagles running back room as a whole last year, that the total contracts amounted to about six million, six point five million. So they had about four guys on four guys on payroll, and all their contracts amounted to about six point five million to uh, combine. Yeah. Um, whereas though Miles Sanders, one guy had six point five million to himself. So my logic is this: Okay, if Derrick Henry's market value was about four point five million, bring him in. That gives you about two million to play with. All yeah. right. Draft a, draft a young running back. Now you got Derrick Henry and his young running back, and you're rotating those guys, and now you got a legit running back room. I don't know. I mean, if, 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 it's, a, if it's a math equation, it, it works. Well, I'll tell you this, too. Kellen Moore likes thunder and lightning. He liked having Zeke and um, Pollard. Sure he did. likes a thunder and lightning situation. So just keep that hey. in mind. 
you know. Hey, it's something to consider, Eagles fans. Derrick Henry, then you draft a young, sparky, you know, Jameer Gibbs type running back in the draft. Yeah, that would be pretty stellar. That'd be cool. That'd be different. That's that's for very sure. different. Right. Um, right now, the average ticket price for a Super Bowl. This is a single ticket. Is seventy two hundred dollars. Are those the nosebleeds included? Yes, that's everything. So I'm, I, I'm. They anticipate that to go up between now and Sunday. So um, honestly, I thought it'd be worse. I, I'm, I wouldn't pay it. Well, at one point, didn't we say it was ten thousand? Ten. They anticipated ten. That was the projection. Oh, the projection. Okay. So again, it could get there. It could get there. You know, but I don't think it's going to get that high. Right. I, I think imagine. Imagine how much they cost the door. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah, we need 25 G's. What? Yeah, no, no, thank you. Uh, not for me. I'll watch on TV. All right. Um, so this, I thought this was interesting too. You know, the game's being played in Vegas. The 49ers and the Chiefs, this this goes for players, coaches, personnel, any staff that's there with the organization. Cannot gamble at all. Meaning you can't even go in the casino and sit there and play the slots. If they find out, you you will likely be terminated. I don't mean players. I'm talking about like traveling secretaries or whatever. You you could easily lose your job for doing that. Not even it's not betting on sports or the NFL or the game. It's anything until the Super Bowl is played. You can do whatever you want Sunday night after the game, but you can't even go in the casino tone and play any of the any anything on the floor. Can I can I pitch quarters? No, you can't play go fish. For, for came in the guys, came in, came in the guys, play cards in the hotel room, and you know, you gamble can. with some, uh, gamble with some, uh, you know, some, uh, some goldfish and goldfish, um, you know, some, you know, you know some pretzels and all else. that kind of stuff. Exactly. And I, yeah. I, I, I raise you two pop tarts. Yes, you can't even play backgammon. <laughs> but how about that? That's like, I guess I get it. You want this universal thing, but I guess why can't, why can't you go in and play the slots exactly? What does that have to do with anything? I don't know, man. I have no idea. The NFL is love, just loves playing um, judge, jury, and executioner. I guess. I guess feels like a feels like a lot. Feels like an overreach to me. Um, it is. It is definitely. Uh, we've been on this for a while, and I'm going to continue to harp on this. I don't care what the Steelers say or Mike Tomlin says. How much they love Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett will not be the starting quarterback for the Steelers next year. So Art Rooney, uh, yeah. the second was on a radio station uh, in Pittsburgh and basically, or TV station, excuse me, and basically said, you know, we're not ruling out trading for a quarterback. I- I'm telling you right now, that they're, keep, you know, keep like Russell Wilson. Just, just, these Justin other, Fields to Justin Fields, Pittsburgh. Just keep because, it in the back of your head. Because here's the thing. If they trade with Justin Fields, even if they don't like him, they have an out. Yeah. It, it's a rookie contract. They can get out of it easily. Correct. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Low risk, high reward. You know, they don't have to pay him right away. I think that's more conducive to it, it, I think that move gives them the most flexibility. Yes. Instead yes. of committing big money to a Kirk Cousins or um, you know, trading for a Russell Wilson, you gotta pick up that contract. I think Justin Fields affords them the most flexibility. That makes yeah. the most sense. Mm-hmm. It does, it does, it makes a lot of sense, actually. Um but just just watch that. There's no way is it going to be a pick and Mason pick it Mason Rudolph uh, uh, combo. No no shot no shot. Um, all right, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but but 
Patrick Mahomes went out of his way to praise uh, the, the the hiring of Cliff Kingsbury in Washington. He said that he did a lot for me to help me grow up. I was an 18-year-old kid who was a baseball player, mostly in high school. You know, I did play football, but I was really raw. He taught me a lot about the game. Uh, he taught me the, the greatest thing that he did was he enhanced my strong traits and and didn't try to turn me into something that I wasn't. And I'm forever eternally grateful uh, for him for that. So, you know, it's a nice look, thing. Nice look, compliment. So, look, sometimes people listen. Sometimes people are in your life for a reason, and they're in your life for a season. And um, Cliff Kingsbury coached Patrick Mahomes the throws that he could take, and then Andy Reid picked up where he left off. And sometimes that's how life works. Sometimes you work with someone, or you have a mentor, or, or whatever. And they can only carry you, but so far. And then as the protege, you have to have the presence of mind or the knowledge of self to say, okay, it's time for me to take that next step, you know, in my development. And I need to hear a fresher voice, you know, and that's how life works sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still uh, a little um, off on Cliff Kingsbury. Again, he just looks like a shyster to me. I, I'm, I don't want He looks like the kind of guy that, he looks like the kind of guy that marks cards at the, you know, at the, uh, at, you know, at the craps table, you know, at, you know, at the uh, at, at the blackjack yeah. table. He's counting cards. Yeah, he's counting I, cards. I, yeah. I don't want him as my OC. I, I just, uh, you know, again, I, I'm sure Patrick Mahomes feels indebted to him because he, you know, gave him a shot in college and all that. But whatever. Of course. I mean, of course. something nice to say. Um, this guy's in some trouble, Tone. You may not know the name. Matthew Herbert. He's from Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania. Not real far from where I'm at. But he faces up to four years in prison for flying a drone over the AFC championship game in Baltimore. That includes three felony counts. Damn. You are not allowed to fly a drone in stadium settings like this. There were also flyovers, military flyovers prior to the game. This dude's in trouble. This is uh, felonies. Yeah, man, this is no joke. So, you know, I I think he was trying to be cute. You're talking to be that cute in, in, in the, in the lockdown. So he's in some trouble. Well, you said it carries a maximum what? Uh, four years max. He's not getting that. No, I don't. I don't think I he's think getting four years. He'll, he'll plead he did, this down to something. Yeah, if he doesn't have a criminal history, he might. He might get a long ass probation. You know what I mean? No one got hurt. It was nonviolent. Um, granted, three felony counts, but he better. They better because he's guilty. So you're oh, gonna yeah. have to you're gonna have to plead this down. Some kind of some kind of supreme community service probation, but you know that's why. I st- listen, you play stupid games. What is it, Rob? How does it go? You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. <laughs> yeah, and that is not a stupid prize you want to win at all, man. Trust me, at all. Big yeah. Bertha's Big Bertha's waiting <laughs> on you in the top bunk. You don't want to. You don't want to play that game. You're going to be meeting friends that you didn't, you don't need. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. The last thing you want is being in the shower and somebody named Meatball tap your shoulder. Yeah. That's, no. a, that's, a, that's the last thing you want. You don't want that kind of companionship that he he could potentially be getting. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we'll see where that ends up going, man. I, I but oh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. He, he, it feels like he'll, there's, they'll scare the hell out of him and he won't be doing anything else, you, you know, again, mm-hmm. I, I would guess. Um, yeah, so beyond that, the 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 Super Bowl itself, I told you this was pretty cool. So Eric Bieniemy uh spent time with the Chiefs ahead of the AFC Championship game. 
and actually spoke to the team Wednesday. And, you know, they, they basically said that they all got goosebumps listening to him. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. And that, that he was able to step in there for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's, uh, let's come back. We'll do a little bit more on the Sixers. We'll do a little bit more on the Flyers. Uh, our buddy, Doc Rivers. I'll tell you where the, uh, where next year's uh, Winter Classic is going to be, which I think is a really cool setting. So we'll get into all those kind of things uh, when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, and we'll be right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street, and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game 
and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, we're back. Final segment of program. Tone, Rob, hanging with you uh, until the top of the hour. All right, so let's uh, let's hit a couple things here, Tone. One, uh, I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier the Sixers with a lot of guys um, likely not to play tonight against the Warriors, which is the last thing mm-hmm. they need. Uh, <laughs> but maybe some of that is a the prelude to uh, to a trade that could be coming down tomorrow. Um, the trade de- or tonight. Trade deadline is tomorrow uh, at four o'clock. So we'll see what ends up happening there. Bogdanovich has been one that's been thrown around. Actually, both. There's one in Detroit and one in Atlanta. Both of those guys have been have been mentioned potentially coming here. Buddy Heald uh, is a name. DeJounte Murray is, is another name that's been rumored and bandied about um, to come here. And again, depending on how big a swing the Sixers take, I think it'll give us a little bit of insight into how much, how, how, how quickly or in, in what capacity uh, Joel Embiid comes back. Might be a little bit of a tell. If they don't do much, maybe it tells you, eh, just kind of ride this thing out. So we'll see what end they end up doing. What I don't want is to, to be locked into these, to any kind of long-term contract or, you know, give up all the ones that you've accumulated or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's my thing, right? You know, the last thing I want for them is to, um, overestimate where they are and pick on a bad contract, um, or take on, um, take on a, a bad contract, excuse me. And look, and by no means should they make any hasty decision. You still have four years left on this Jordan B deal. He needs to get healthy. Terrence Maxey is going to come up, and you're going to have to you're going to pay him soon. So you're going to have two pillars in the organization. You build around those guys, and then you and then you maximize that. Um, this year isn't the year. This year isn't the year for them to get antsy. Um, maybe you do bring in one of those guys and then you extend them at the end of the season, depending on how they play. But overall, I don't, I, I do not want them to get trigger happy, you know, at the deadline. Yeah. Yep. I, I would concur with that. All right. So the flyers got back at it. They were off, uh, off for a good little healthy break there for them. And they played last night and they beat the Florida Panthers. So good win on the road. Uh they get a third period goal and they hold on and they play well defensively and their goalie comes up big. And, uh, you know, just what the doctor ordered, I think this team, considering how hard they have to push it every game, every night needed the time away. And uh, I think it did them all pretty good. They had some fresh legs last night and they get the win. So nice work out of the flyers. Yeah, for sure. The goalie uh, did a hell of a job. He had 20 saves last night, right? Yep. Yep. He did a really good job. Um, Our guy, our guy, doc rivers is one in four. One in four, sadly, is the Bucks coach. It's, it's been a tough go for him so far. Uh, yeah, and look, there's still a lot of still a lot of uh, games left. Um, and you know, you always want to think big picture, but you know, Doc Rivers, you know, he is who he is. Remember, he, he wouldn't he wish is. this on anybody. 
right? Remember? He wouldn't yeah, wish would. $40 million upon anybody. I mean, we, we would all. Exactly. Poor Doc, man. I, I just, right. I feel bad for you're him. In a, you're in such a turbulent, trying situation. Oh. Come yeah. on now. I don't know how the guy's going to do it. All right. Tiger Woods uh, has committed to uh, to playing host at the uh, Genesis Invitational. Um, committed to next week's Genesis for his first competitive. He's going to play, too. His first competitive rounds in, in, in the entire uh, – in, in 2024. Uh, he took to, to social media to say he's excited to be playing uh, host next week. Uh, he has played in just one solo event since withdrawing from the 23 Masters uh, back in April. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what 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 he's got left out there. I, I honestly, Tone, if he plays, I watch, but I, I I really hate seeing him just hobble, trying to walk from hole to hole. It's tough to watch, you know, as yeah. beaten up as he. I hope this time off did him some good, where he can he can get through this, you know, this event, which is which is his. Yeah, because we've seen guys play golf until well into their 50s, 60s. You know what I'm saying? Like professionally. And uh look, Tiger Woods, the big Tigger, he's a he's a legend, man. He has nothing left to prove, but he loves the game. Yeah. He loves he, lo- he, lo- he loves the competitive atmosphere. And um, like you said, if Tiger's playing, we're always gonna watch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so that that was and that's not far from uh it's in Los Angeles where he and where he uh he grew up. I, I don't I don't understand this at all. So the Oakland A's are moving to Las Vegas. But Las Vegas's mayor, Carolyn Goodman, um, isn't exactly thrilled that they're going there. I'm so, confused now. Okay. So the A's are to be building a $1.5 billion stadium in Las Vegas. So Goodman uh, said the team's stadium plan does not make any sense and that A's ownership should go back to the drawing board and pitch a new ballpark to the Bay Area, and stay there. She said, quote, I personally think the A's have got to figure out a way to stay in Oakland to make their dream come true. Like, I'm confused now. So what's the, what? So now now are, are the Oakland A's not an, a, an existing franchise anymore? Like where, where are they going to play? What's the what's so going she on added here? context to this on t- yesterday, and she said that she was excited about the prospect of Major League Baseball in her city though didn't back off her statement to say the A's should stay where they were. They're trying to make the relationship work in a perfect world, but she added, should that fail, Las Vegas has shown that it's a spectacular market for major league franchises, but then went on to say that, you know, you should go try and fix your issues in in, in Oakland. Like, I, I don't know, man. I wouldn't be, like, what does that tell you if the mayor of the city is like, yeah, I, I don't think so. Stay where you are. Right, but you've, you're already you're already committed to this move. If you're the the A's franchise, what did this right? Guy? They 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 uh they welcomed the Raiders, and for obvious reasons, that's an NFL franchise. You're gonna take that. You're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna take whatever trouble comes with it. Um, yeah. but the Oakland A's, I guess, you know, because they've been, you know, they've been a team that's been left in obscurity for so long. They've been so irrelevant for so long. You know, I guess that city because it's not just the mayor; it's a well, lot it, of different. It's a lot of different interest groups, you know, against this move. Um, well, the fans that are in are Vegas. Yeah, I feel bad for the fans in Oakland. You know, yeah. So, um, I guess, I, I, I guess, I guess, Las Vegas looks at it like this: the A's, uh, they're not worth the trouble. They're not worth the yeah. trouble. Yeah, and one of the things she said was, 
you look at what we what's happened with us with the with the Vegas Golden Knights in the NHL. Look at what how the Raiders have 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 been embraced in the city. You know, blah. blah. They're going to have an NBA team sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. She's like, we're a great destination point. I think what she's trying to say is, she's trying to 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 put the ball back in the A's court because they're at what they're asking for is probably mm. too much. And I think it's her way of saying, like, keep you know, you keep screwing around here with this. You you might end up back in Oakland because it's not going to happen here. You got to ch- got to change the way you're viewing some of the things that you want here. I think right. that's what she's trying to say. Yeah. In other words, uh, uh, stay in your lane and uh, come correct when you come to the negotiation table. I guess, man. I guess so. Uh, all right. So Jose Altuve will be staying uh, with the Astros. Uh, he has reached a uh, an agreement on a uh, five-year, $125 million extension Whoa! Uh, to stay there. Yeah. yeah. Five years, $125 million? That takes him all the way through his age 39 season. So that's still pretty good. Co- He's still a real good player, but that's good coin for a guy at that age. $25 million a year. Mm-hmm. Man, oh man! Yeah, you can't tell you can't tell me a damn thing, Rob. <laughs> can't tell yeah. me a damn thing. Twenty-five yeah, well, million a year. I'm uh, like, I'm happy. I'm happy for him. The guy's been a hell of a player, uh, mm-hmm. and he was always uh, discounted because of his size. But he was also involved in some of the cheating scandals there. So it's <laughs> you know you kind of go back and forth uh, on both of them. Uh, not all heroes wear capes. That's right. That is correct. All right. So uh, a couple other things. Uh, back to some of the stuff that we were kicking around a little bit earlier um, mm-hmm. when it comes to the Eagles. And we were looking at some of our, uh, you know, big headlines uh, going into this off season, really on both sides of the ball. One we didn't get to one. I didn't, I didn't throw at you. It's Howie Roseman. And just how much we think Howie Roseman is going to change his approach because here's the thing. He's had a lot of success. He has an owner who was definitely in his corner and backs him. Too much sometimes. Right. But last year went bad for all of them, and it's a bad look for all of them. Uh How much do you think he's going to change his ways, whether it's linebacker, maybe running back, maybe safety, maybe stepping away a little bit and letting Nick Sirianni coach and not being as as, as involved? Um, How different do you think the Howie approach is? That's a great question. Now, based off of the hires they made, especially on the defensive side with Vic Fangio, like like we mentioned before, we would like to assume that you bring in a guy like that, you know, you know, you know what comes with that, and you know what a guy like that would demand from you, you know, as a front office. Based off these hires thus far, I would like to again, assuming, and sometimes when you when you assume they make an ass out of you, but I would like to assume because of the people they've hired. He's beginning to take the necessary steps to make the proper personnel decisions. I can't say that for sure. I wouldn't bet my house on it. But again, if I'm just gauging the moves he's made or the the moves that the organization has made as of late, I think bringing Vic Fangio in, bringing Kellen Moore in, guys who have had success and who know what they're doing. Right. I think Jeffrey Laurie is saying Howie and Nick, hey, I got some babysitters in the building. Y'all better, y'all better step y'all weight up and give them whatever they need. Cause right. I got about a quarter of a billion dollars tied up in one guy. So I don't want to hear any excuses, Howard. Matter of fact, until further notice, I'm calling him Howard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not even Howard. He has he, he has to earn that right. He's Howard. That is his full name, right? Howard. 
I think. Yeah, I would think so. Let me double check that. Well, you got you got to work a middle name in. You know what I mean? When yep. you're when you're really in trouble, uh, you got to work a middle name in. But yes, uh, yeah, Howard. Howard's his real name. Yes. Yep. Howard. I don't think he has a middle name. He does nope, not. He does have a middle name. Nope. Yep. All right. So you won't be working Howard. a middle name. In. Yes. Well, guess what? He's Howard. Well, I think Until I think for the so. Well, if you're Jeffrey Lurie, right? So the, here's the conversation goes as follows. All right. We collapsed last year. We had to figure out why we collapsed. Number one. Number two, if we're on board with keeping Nick Sirianni around, first of all, that better be the right decision. Uh, if, if Howie really pushed for that. If Howie really pushed for those two assistant coaches to be the, the coordinators last year, that's another thing he's got to he's got to be accountable for. Um, mm-hmm. If he's the one who who initiated the discussion about Matt Patricia taking over, that's something else he's got to be accountable for. Like, so I think there's a lot. I think this was a tough year for Howie. You know, I think it was a tough year for him, um, just in general. And I think that here's the thing about Jeffrey Lurie to consider: he fired Andy Reid, who he had a great deal of respect and love for. He moved on from Joe Banner, who was a childhood friend who helped him grow the Eagles. So I, I do I think Howie has a lot of security? Yes. He fired Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl winning head coach, a right. guy who coached you through maybe the most that could have been one of the most epic collapses we've seen. It could yeah. have been mm-hmm. that, losing Carson Wentz and how, that thing could have collapsed, and you fired the guy who held it together. Howard Rose, Howard Roseman survived that too. There's going to come a point in time where someone's going to say, all right, look, we're at war here. And the only person that keeps surviving is this guy. Okay, are you hiding in the foxhole? Are you even going out there shooting bullets? What are you doing? What are you, what good are you? You keep, you are the only one that keeps surviving. What's going on here? Well, I think, I think the two, you know, with all that, maybe it's not as automatic as everybody thinks. Like if this is another bad year, you know, I, again, Howie's had a lot of success. And I don't think they Jeffrey wants to be cycling through GMs or coaches. He wants it to work out. But I but yeah, hey, keep your eye on it. You know, um, let, nothing's, let me ask you this real quick. Here. What when do what, what year does Harry Rosen's arc start for you? Because I'm trying to figure out what do we give him credit for and what do we not? What year are you saying to yourself, this is where Harry Roseman's when arc Joe Banner began? left? Okay. Is that what you mean? Like what when did he when did he become the guy, basically? Um, when, when did he become the guy that we're looking to to make decisions? Well, in 08, 09, he becomes the the um, VP of player personnel. The following year, he takes over as GM. I, I think it's really in that range, right? So take a, if you want to take a – if you want to just start when he became the GM, fine. So it was 2010 to 2014. You remember there's the – there's the chip year mixed in there, too. But Right. And, right. and some people start his arc after chip left. See, I don't. I, 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 okay. he was, he was calling, making the calls on a lot of the stuff before Chip left, too. Okay. All right. Um, even though Andy did have say, don't get me wrong. Andy had say, too. But I would, I would call his tenure like 2010 to present. Okay. Is, is what I would call it. Yeah. Okay. And based off of that, from that, you know, you said 2010 to present, he does have a Super Bowl. Don't get it twisted. He does. But from 2010 to, to present, yep. he's been to another from 2010 to present. That's about 14 years. By your estimation and by your time window, has he underachieved or overachieved? Um, <clears throat> I 
I'd say he's achieved at a at a sufficient level. I, so, I, I would. I'm satisfied. So I'm satisfied with his tenure uh, during that time. Winning one, getting to one, consistently in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm satisfied, but I'm not overly satisfied in this sense. Tone. He survived now. Reed, Chip, Chip. Doug, Nick. Four head coaches. If it were if we're taking him back to 2010, I I bet you're a guess that if you went to any other GM in the in the NFL, there isn't one who have survived four different coaches. Is there a GM in sports in pro sports who survived? Oh boy, four head coaches. Is there a GM in pro sports that has that's as Teflon as as Harry Roseman? I don't think there is. I I'm going to venture a guess to say no. Okay. So, but, but, so what I mean by that is I, I think you have to give credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. They have had a lot of success, but, and he's, and he's been great at sort of wiggling out of disasters, the, the Wentz thing and, and, and some other stuff. But yeah, I mean, this is a not for long league. And if you have yeah. another down year with a quarterback that you just signed to a $250 million contract, it's not going to sit well for anybody. Real quick, define success for you. Are you a bottom line guy, or no. are, or or do you take the you know? Do you acknowledge you know even the positives, even when some negatives came along with it? I acknowledge that a lot of things can happen during the course of a season to knock you off. I'm not acknowledging it for last year. There's no excuse for what happened last year, mm-hmm. but I do think there are some seasons you have to take into account. Like I don't know, um, I don't know that they understood the depths of the issues with Wentz and maybe you could blame them for that, but he just, you know, he kind of turned into a know-it-all. Uh, I got this sort of thing. Could you have seen that coming? Maybe uh, I think the NFL, you also have to take into account injuries mm-hmm. and that plays a part. I'm not blaming it on last year. Right. I don't think there's any excuse for last year at all, but I think you have to, you have to account for nuance. Yeah, see, I, I struggle with that, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. And this again, this is me just being transparent. You know, I try to be as honest as I can um, on this platform. I struggle with that. Yeah. You know, in my heart, I'm a bottom line guy. Do we win it all or do we not? Yeah. And then and then and then I like to break down reasons why we didn't win it all. And I ask myself, were they controllable? Were they not? Right. If I felt like you went through a season where most of your issues were controllable or preventable, that bothers the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. If I if it's a situation where injuries just hit you guys like a ton of bricks, like that 2020 season when the yeah. entire offense the entire offensive line was just gone, okay, all right, you know what I mean. I can't I can't go I can't jump out the window on that, but um, I tend to be a bottom line guy, man, and um, I know that's not the fairest way to approach things because you do have to find the silver lining in a lot of situations. And look, only one team can win a Super Bowl every year, and it's not it's, it's one of the hardest. Is one of the hardest um, championships to win in sports. It is, um, you know. But I, I, I do feel like because of Harry Roseman's um, approach and mentality to certain positions um, when it comes to allocating resources to it, it's held this team back, and it's kind of, you know, limited how good we could be. But again, um, in a fourteen-year tenure as being the guy, um, there was a span in there where he wasn't. But in fourteen years of being the guy, for the most part. Two Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl win. Um, you've been you've been in the playoffs. I mean, you can do a lot worse, but at the same time, 
I need to see some evolution from Harry Roseman. I need to. How old is Harry Roseman? How, how, he is Harry Roseman is 48 48-ish. years old. 48 years old. There are some GMs getting their first jobs at age 48. Yeah. Harry Roseman had Harry Roseman's been around this game for a long time. I need to see him start to evolve quite quite one seriously. Thing, I agree with you, but one thing I would say too: how much philosophically is Jeffrey Lurie in lockstep with mm. Howie? Meaning, if they share the same philosophies, it you're not all of a sudden going to call him on the carpet for it because it didn't work. If you feel the same way, you know what I mean. It's that's a good point. If you, if you feel the same way, how can you blame a guy if you guys are in lockstep? That's a good point. Yeah. So let's hypothetically say that Jeffrey Lurie is really big on linebackers and how he's been telling him for years. We don't need, you don't need great linebackers. I'm telling you, this is where you could, there could be some philosophical splits. This is where Jeffrey Lurie may be saying to him, you know, Howie, like that wasn't good enough last year at that position. You got to do a better job or, Hey, I get it. You know, things went sideways. The Kobe Dean got hurt. No big deal. You know, we'll, we'll bounce back this year. That's, that's another part of this thing because I think they've cultivated the same philosophies. And I think that's what helps, right? You know, Howie, when it comes to some of these these things that happen. Yeah, it's like symbiosis. Like when you're close, like you're, you're so close to someone, you guys eventually start to you know as, you know assimilate the same beliefs. The couples, yeah, yeah. And yep. um, you know, on the Kobe Dean thing, real quick. Yeah, it blows my mind how 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 much he goes to bat for Nicobe Dean when he's quite literally done nothing. You know, yeah. and and it look, I don't mean any disrespect to him. Like he's a guy who's dealt with injuries, and I'm trying to be as fair as I can. But the reality is, he didn't earn the starting job. You gave it to him because you felt like that was the natural order, and it wasn't. Right. He didn't earn it. Well, you remember, like Tone, we talked to uh, just the two that jump off the top of my head, and you might remember another one. In the last two weeks, we talked to Jeff McLean and Chris Franklin. Yes, and, and both guys were basically like, "You're asking me." Kobe Dean's penciled in as the starter. I I can't stand that. But yeah, it kills me. No, that's coming from those. That, that's not what they think should happen. That's what they think the Eagles are going to do. Correct. So, I here's my guess: you get some form of Nicobe Dean, Zach Cunningham, and then and then there'll be somebody else new. Like I don't think they're going to run it back. Okay, I don't think that's happening. Right. But you're going to have probably those two back, and that's going to tick Eagles fans off because they're going to want to see you know, a significant difference there. Not, not some guy you, you took in the sixth round out of, you know, Southwest Missouri state. Like they want it. They want a, a, either a proven guy via free agency or someone drafted relatively high. I I, th- I would think at that, that's just one position, but that's one that stands out. Right. Yeah. And it's, and, and it's the one position that we've always talked about um, when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles team and also just drafting better at positions. Right. Um, my thing is, if you struggle at drafting corners and linebackers, just let the football people make the decision and roll with it. Yeah, like, like it's come on, it's common sense. It's common sense. If I'm not good at something, delegate. Yeah, you know, like we know, we know High Rosen's strengths and his strengths are very valuable, right? But his weaknesses, I think he needs to be more present-minded of those. I agree. I agree, and we'll never know. Obviously, he's never going to cop to it. We don't know. Of course not. But but nonetheless, you know what I mean? It's it's just one of those things where the actions will speak much louder than whatever words he said at that press conference. And, right. And, and, and so far, the actions indicate that they're leaning more towards experience this year. Yeah. And I also think that he – some things you just have to say in, in those settings because there's so many variables that could be happening, you know, as the, as the offseason unfolds. 
So you have yes. to keep that in mind as well. Uh, all right. So want to thank everybody, uh, everybody in the chat. Uh, great job as always, everybody. Thank streaming. you guys. We appreciate you guys for being part of the show. We, we really do. Yeah. And, and everybody streaming and listening. And all right. So tomorrow we'll be coming off a Sixers game, looking ahead to a Flyers game. We will also have the trade deadline uh, tomorrow in the NBA. So that, that could lead right in. There could be a lot going on. It feels like something's up. Like it just, there's it feels like something's up with the Sixers. Right. When you have this many guys who could be down with illness, it, it does make you wonder a little bit, you know, exactly what's happening here. So uh, we will, again, if there's anything that happens between now and the start of the show or in show tomorrow, we'll catch up on all those kind of things. But you know, we'll be, we'll be taking you right into the afternoon tomorrow. So it should be, uh, should be very interesting. Uh, all right. So don't go anywhere. You have the national football show with Dan Cilio and tone and tone and I are back for uh, three hours of power tomorrow. So everybody have a great rest of your day tone. Looking forward to hanging out with you tomorrow. My As man. always, sir. I appreciate you. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody have a good one. Take care. Professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets. And of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days, like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection or the rich and polished premium Slub Crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20.